Hey there, it's Kyle Von Kubik with two quick updates. First, if you're listening to this show via Google Podcast, please be aware that come 2024, that application will no longer be functioning. Google is discontinuing it and moving everything to something they're calling YouTube Music. I don't know what that will mean for podcast feeds, so do yourself a favor to avoid any sort of disruption. Find another alternative podcast catcher of your choice and resubscribe to our podcast feed. Uh, That way there is no disruption come the new year. And if you're looking for a recommendation, might I suggest Spotify? It's what I use and it's also the platform that hosts this podcast that you're listening to right now. And now on to something a little bit more exciting. I've just launched my seventh Kickstarter campaign. It's in celebration of a decade of One Rad Tea. More specifically, it's in celebration of the first design that started it all, Arcado. An original t-shirt design that was a celebration of the classic video game arcade featuring both the iconic and long-forgotten video game characters of the 1980s. The original run for this design was funded way back in 2014 and has long been out of print. But it's back now in a brand new color variant and it's not alone. As a part of this project and as a part of this celebration, I'm also bringing back two other fan favorite designs. Winners Don't Drink Drugs, printed on a brand new tie-dye combination with a new color variant, and 20XX, also with a new color variant, printed on a slate gray tee. If you'd like to see what I'm talking about, head on over to OneRadCrowd.com. That's O-N-E-R-A-D-C-R-O-W-D.com. There are three pledge tiers, three designs to choose from. You can grab one for $25, two for $45, or get all three for $60. Check out Arcado. 10-year anniversary collection right now on Kickstarter. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me the twisty rockets. Greetings, listener, and buckle up for Twisty Rockets, the one rad podcast regular racing game show. We're here to do a few laps in a racing game chosen by all and pass unquestionable judgment upon it in several categories. Here in the pace, Carl Negabon and my pronouns are he and him, and our drivers today include... I'm Kyle Von Kubik. You know me from this stuff. Beep, beep. It's me, Peter Graphic. You know me from... This stuff! <laughs> Some of also of this stuff. Uh, and articles in Read Only Magazine. And you could find me on Instagram at Peter underscore graphic. With also my uh, regular and fledgling podcast, Gaming with the Graphics. And as always, you can catch me at Nagabun with a regular O on Twitch. Uh, playing whatever we're discussing. Usually, well, not so much on Wednesdays anymore. It's more when I get to it. Um, and on YouTube.com slash Nagabun if you want to, that gameplay in smaller, easier to find chunks. Uh, swap that for, they owe in that for a zero, and you've got my Twitter and Instagram handles, and, or you can find me back at the regular app because the internet's collapsing in on itself. Oh, yeah, I did a link tree because I couldn't keep up anymore. Actually, yeah, same, I'm a link, that one's a zero, but it's link, linkter.ee slash in ek 0 bun it's all there, there you go. Yeah, and I'm Kyle Von Kubik. After the slash, all one word, no spaces, obviously. Oh, and I do want to uh, mention, if it's okay with you, um, the dungeon with Emilio. Last time I plugged it, 
I only spelt it out with one L. It's two L's. I've been corrected. So, uh, yeah, check out, I guess it's RetroAmilio.com. I'm going to put links in the show notes. Always click the show notes. Makes it easier for everybody. There's links on there. And I'm definitely going to be linking the YouTube videos that uh, Nikobun put up for this particular episode because they were a lot of fun to watch, at least for me. Sorry, I just had a complete brain fart. Um, That's okay. I can cut those out. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You, you, wait, were you talking about my videos or the dungeon videos? Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, no, no. Uh, maybe I had a brain fart. I am going to put a link uh, for the Dungeon with Emilio, which is a, a show that uh, Nickelbun and I are like connected to. Actually, Nickelbun is very much connected to. <laughs> yeah. He, he makes the show happen. I'm the R&D department. Yes, he makes the show happen so you can see it. So links for that show will be on there. That way I don't mess up the spelling. So click the show notes. Go check out uh, Emilio's Dungeon. It, it It's a lot of fun. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm talking about Nico Bun's uh, clips from your uh, past stream for this particular episode when you were playing the game we're about to talk about. Your live takes as it was happening. As of recording, I haven't done... I usually do a highlight skim too, so you get like the quick hits or the good stuff. That's not up as of recording, but it should be by the time the episode goes live. Congratulations! You have won my contest. Welcome to my home. As you know, Mr. K, you are now able to play any prize you request. You just don't know! You don't know what it was like for me! You just... And we just and I... And you... And them... You don't know! Look, I'm a bit confused, Mr. Kane. You do understand, by winning high octane, you are entitled to any request of any value. And yet, you ask me for this? Oh, man. Give me that. Give me. What are we talking about this week? Uh, we're talking about Twisted Metal. The 1995 one, not the 2012 one. <laughs> That's so stupid. I hate that. There's so much bad naming anymore. And uh, I guess 2012 would be the start of reusing the old name for something else. Yeah, knock it the fuck off. Stop it with yeah. games, stop it with movies, stop it with everything. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, how would you feel about like every future Star Wars movie just being called Star Wars? Uh, uh, that's what I call them now anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be... I would take that, that's fine. The the, the Rambo movies, the, the way those are named, I love oh, it. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Self-titled albums, yeah. And I think, like, the Scream movies now are kind of, like, leaning in on that. Oh, yeah. Halloween did that, too, right? They yeah. reset. Their yeah, they're all t it's, sure. it's all terrible, and I love it. Oh, speaking of Halloween, I'm thinking about our club members who are going to get this in a couple weeks. This isn't going to hit the free feed until uh, spoopy season, so this is a part of our Oops All Spoops uh, special presentation for the month of October. Emphasis on the poops. <laughs> yeah, especially with <laughs> Twisted Metal 1, which is why we're also reviewing Twisted Metal 2, which came out in 1996. Uh, when you guys were like, oh, we're going to talk about Twisted Metal. And I was like, oh, great. I know I have the first one. And they're like, you guys were like, and the second one as well. And I was like, oh, well, why do we have to play the second one? Where, you know, what's, isn't the first <laughs> one enough? And then I played the first one. And I was like, yeah, no, we should have just. <laughs> <laughs> You definitely got to review the two together. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to jump ahead of the notes, but um, a, a piece of me wanting to review this too was about the show, which we will discuss again, not jumping too far ahead in the notes. But as of this recording, I think the show is like just a week old. 
yeah. on a, a Peacock. It literally dropped last week. Yeah, so everything's just sort of lining up for Halloween and Twisted Metal and everything else. So uh, that's why we're discussing it. So th- this was uh, developed by uh, Twisted Metal 1 and 2. Were, it was developed by Artifact Studios. It was published by Sony Interactive Studios of America. And Single Track is genre uh, would fall under 90s edgelord vehicular combat. <laughs> A.K.A. the David Jaffe special. <laughs> That man has one track, and he's run it his entire life, for good or for ill. From what I read, the game concept was sort of like a falling down wet dream that David Jaffe had while he was stuck in traffic, imagining himself blowing up the cars with, you know, missiles, rocket launchers, grenades, guns, that sort of thing. Uh, After brainstorming and collaborating with an actual military company that did computer simulations called Evans & Sutherland, uh, single track began uh, simultaneously working on this project and um, what would later become Warhawk, which is a game I've never played. I was going to ask you, Nico Bun, have you ever played Warhawk? I never got around to it. I heard people kind of liked it. I remember people being upset when the servers were dropping or whatever, but it was always it's, it's, a, it's a niche one as far as I know. It's one of those you know small but dedicated followings. In my research, I also kind of uncovered through his own emissions as well as interviews with people who had worked with him that uh, David Jaffe was a cheeky little boy and kind of annoyed a lot of people. (laughs) He was a guy who went to Hollywood. He wanted to be a movie director uh, or, you know, a big time producer, something like that. He wanted to be involved in movies. Didn't work out. He started getting into video games through being a play tester. Uh, He did a good job with play testing, but he was also very vocal about his uh, disappointment with, Western developers versus Eastern developers. He didn't understand why the games coming out of Japan were so much better than the games being developed uh, in America, particularly on in the 32-bit era and the start of the whole polygonal gaming era with the PlayStation. So he worked his way up the ladder, but he was very difficult to work with uh, because of his hubris, or at least that was what I kept seeing cited was... He thought his shit was the shit, and he had all the greatest ideas, and he did. He came up with this idea, which uh, we'll discuss. I I feel like these two games built a genre, but I don't think it was out of the ether. I think there there are definitely there are some obvious games, but I think there's some less obvious games mixed in there too that built the foundation for this this uh, vehicular combat genre that really blew up in 1995 and 1996. Yeah. Uh, also, God of War, his fault. <laughs> Again, now, for hey, good or for ill. Like, like uh, there's some good there, so there's some uh, there's some problems there. So Sam gave us a good handy pocket on uh, God of War. Now, the game was originally uh, going back to Twisted Metal. The game was originally going to be called Cars and Rockets, Urban Assault, High Octane. Uh, the name High Octane, I guess kind of went as far into development as possible before it was switched over because there are posters found within Twisted Metal, particularly in the Arena Duel level, that still say High Octane. And that name is also used in those sweet, sweet full motion video endings that were cut from the final product, but they will not be cut out of this episode. They will be sprinkled in very liberally. Sounds good to me, baby. Yeah, there's another game called High Octane, H-I, no G-H, hyphen Octane uh, from mm-hmm. Bullfrog Productions, which was vehicular combat, but it was more of an anti-grav vibe, kind of like Wipeout, uh, that hit MS-DOS initially just a 
couple months before Twisted Metal and a month after it on consoles. So I'm wondering if tw- the, the Twisted Metal crew got word that high, that high octane was in development was like, oopsie, or there might have been like a strongly worded letter somewhere in the mix. Yeah, I could see that happening. When they initially pitched and tested this game, it did very poorly. Surprise. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, but it's my understanding that the reason behind that is because Jaffe or his team pitched it as Mortal Kombat with cars. And because they pitched it as Mortal Kombat with cars, the playtesters that they brought in for the focus group were all people who were into arcade fighters because they're taking the first half of that, right? And even yeah. if you were to take the second half of that, cars... If you take fans of arcade fighters and fans of arcade racers and sit them down in front of this game, they're not getting either of those experiences. Yeah, racing at that point was still pretty simmy on all fronts. Like, yeah. you had test drive and stuff on PC, and um, even even like pole position and hang on stuff like that, they're at least reasonably realistic. Yeah. So you don't have the, the over-the-top goofiness. I think Mario Kart was out at that point. That was the only one particularly weird. Because the mascot mm-hmm. thing, I didn't really completely take it off yet either. There's definitely the the influence there. In fact, I believe David Jaffe said in an interview that the battle mode in Super Mario Kart was one of the things that influenced the the, the play mechanic of Twisted Metal. Sony put a lot of money behind this. Uh, the game was done. They were going to release it. They were even toying with, and uh, this is why I was bringing this up, is because you mentioned Wipeout. They were thinking about a sequel because they had developed this technology with this military company, and they liked sort of what it could do on a mechanical level. So they were thinking, okay, maybe we will, instead of doing cars for the next one, we'll do hovercrafts and their battle. They didn't know if this edgelord Mad Max sort of theming was it at the time, but they did release it with those. Remember the long boxes of the PlayStation really made it look like a product? Yeah, of course. Before it was just a crummy jewel case that would crack when you were taking the cellophane off. Actually, speaking of Wipeout, I still have the Wipeout long box. Ah, nice. That's on the shelf. Yeah, does the long box go for more money than the jewel case? Not to my knowledge, um, but they are people who collect them to like have a complete set or have like the launch titles. I'm like mm-hmm. a launch title guy. I try to get like the launch titles of the system. So, I mean, I could see someone paying more for that just to complete that subset for sure. A lot of those games were re-released in just the jewel mm-hmm. case with the green banner of the greatest. Yeah, hits. my so copy of Twisted Metal is in the is a greatest hits version. Uh, I believe mine was as well. Anyway, so the game did get released 1995, and what do you know? Who would have thunk it? Western critics really dug this game. Uh, pretty much across the board, it got a B minus to A rating. With the exception of IGN and GamePro and Maxim. <laughs> Remember Maxim? Uh, they all gave it around a C rating. They were the only outliers. Everybody else was pretty high on this game. Maxim, GamePro, and IGN all cited that the game was really short for being you know, a full-price game. That was their criticism. However, we're going to talk about our friends in the East. Famitsu rated the game a 17 out of 40. Now, I know Famitsu's got that weird 40 as the top score that you can possibly get. Well, if you do a little bit of math, you'll realize that 17 out of 40 is an F. (laughs) Straight up failure. And evidently, uh, Sony of Japan hated this game. They thought it was trash. uh, And so did their focus group over in Japan. Why do you think that was? Was it 
just it was too western in its presentation. Maybe they got to the Hong Kong stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. No, yeah. that was in two. I'm sorry. That was it too, but it was still funny. <laughs> it does feel very western and very like '90s new metal edge lord stuff. Uh, or well, maybe they were just like infatuated with Slamscape. I don't know. I did think a lot about Slamscape. <laughs> Especially when you just said hoverboard. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> uh, if you haven't heard that episode, please go back and check out our Slamscape episode of Twisty Rockets. Because Twisted Metal 1 was such a smash success, Twisted Metal 2 only carried that success further. However, I think the uh, temper of the reviewers at the time, they calmed down a little bit. And they pretty much all gave it like a B minus to B plus across the board. It was called Twisted Metal 2 here in the States. It was called Twisted Metal World Tour in Europe for some reason. I guess the number two, like Ninja, is banned over there. Uh, <laughs> Twisted Metal X in Japan. Well, on the, uh, at least the, I think it was the US version I played, I'm pretty sure. Um, the uh, title screen says 2 and World Tour on it, so it's like... Yeah, I don't think our jewel case said World Tour, but... I. At least, see now, <laughs> I played this on the PlayStation Mini, which we'll get to. Uh, but mine has like a weird magical antenna in the back of it. So I got like a bunch of games on there that other people don't have. So I don't know if that's just why I have that World Tour uh, version. But yes, mine did say that on the screen as well. Uh, speaking of the PlayStation Mini, uh, Twisted Metal 1, not 2, was one of the 20 preloaded games that was included on the PlayStation Classic. In lieu of, I'm not burying the lead here, the much better Twisted Metal 2. But to be fair, that is the least of that product's sins. What a bag of shit. Yeah. That little mini console was out of the box. If you hacked it, which I would never tell anybody to do, but if you were to do it, you could correct a lot of the uh, the software issues that it had out of the box, as well as add, you know, games that should have been on there. But I'm not advocating doing that, obviously. As you guys know, maybe not the listeners, but I record in my game room, and I'm looking at it on the shelf right now, collecting dust, and it's back yeah. in its box. <laughs> like, oh, sure. I, <laughs> I quickly unhooked it, and mine I did... Is, uh, mine is supporting to uh, wipe out Fury standy vehicle model thingies oh that's cool we've come full circle back to white i don't know where the controller is <laughs> but i know where the thing is and my pac-man amiibo is giving it the eye i remember when it came out and i was not interested in it at all because of the lineup i thought it had a lousy lineup uh, but then i was gifted one uh from my uh, generous brother ryan and i thank him for it because for whatever reason mine was just special and it had better games on there and also it wasn't in pal format which is really lousy that yeah. that was the default setting out of the box i think it was a, i got, got mine at target it was 24.99 oh yeah now they're back up to like 100 bucks yeah they're off the market anyway yeah, i got mine when it dropped a little bit but i it was before the 24.99 well, uh, back on the Twisted Metal talk, Twisted Metal 2, fun fact, is the only game in the series that was ported to the PC in 1997. Uh, it's probably the worst version you could play of the game, uh, but that's cool and weird that <laughs> it was the only one ported to the PC. And, uh, I correct me if I'm wrong, but Twisted Metal 1 is the only game in the series that allows the player to play in first-person mode, which... I could tell you how to do right now, listener, but I'm not going to advocate self-harm. Yeah, well, it is kind of <laughs> cool that they actually made separate interiors for all the vehicles, but yeah. it, it's, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. It's very... Uh, there's, like, um, 
I can't remember the name of it, but there was a DOS-based uh, first-person drive and murder game that had come out a few a couple years before this. Carmageddon? No, it was it was uh, either before or right after Carmageddon, and it was like just a one-off thing. I remember the mm-hmm. box is like a, it's just a like a bloody. It's I guess it's supposed to be a windscreen, but it's like full red, and then there's a windshield wiper going across it to clear it off. But it looks like it's look like it looks like you're playing uh, Duke Nukem 3D from hmm. a car dashboard, and it, it's it's okay. Hmm. But like yeah. that was the vibe being in first person gave me, but with wonkier controls. So don't do that. Like <laughs> like go in once to look at the interior of the vehicle, and then get the get the hell out. Just yes. get out. Yeah, and set the game to easy if you're playing oh. Twisted Metal. Don't play oh, Twisted Metal one. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Anyway, I think it's important to mention how influential, at least in my opinion, these two games were in hammering out like. Kind of a brand new genre in a brand new time for video games, which is the 32-bit, 64-bit polygonal era. Uh, the idea of adding weapons into a racing game, as far as I can think, dates back to 1983 with Spy Hunter. Possibly earlier, but I think Twisted Metal was the first game, uh, to my knowledge, to remove the racing aspect to the vehicle with weapons and focus solely on combat between cars maybe 1986's turbo esprit which is a uh, 8-bit computer game for the zx spectrum and the amstrad and the c64 that might be a better example of a, a similar gameplay to this but that game is more of like a driving simulator uh, than it is an arena combat focused game and I know, you know, people who are like way into arcade games like me might be like, well, what about Battlezone? Battlezone's a great example. And I, I could go back further to 1977 uh, or 8 with uh, combat, Atari combat. It's just two tanks in an arena shooting each other. Oh, yeah. And then obviously Battlezone, which was uh, 1980, would take that and do a 3D wireframe aesthetic to that. And then. You know, if we're talking arcade games and flexing here, I'll bring up Namco's Cyber Sled. Oh, dude, I fucking love Cyber Sled. Which yeah. is Battle Zone, but polygonal, and it's a lot of fun. And Cyber Sled's probably like the closest uh, feeling that I would get to Twisted Metal before Twisted Metal, right? But in Cyber Sled, they were small arenas. There wasn't a lot there, like a lot going on past find the enemy and shoot him down. There wasn't ramps and power-ups and that type of thing. Those aspects were definitely from the Super Mario Kart influence, where it was, you know, picking up the turtle shells and and the boost and and the banana peel, that type of thing. What if you did uh, mix that with your cyber sled, then you're getting the twisted metal that uh, we're talking about tonight in 1995. That said, I think these two games, they, they, they... definitely got beaten down with the next couple of years because not only were there more twisted metal games right one right after another after another but there were so many other games that came out afterwards so it's like yeah it might be hard to go back to now but they built a genre that was hugely popular and successful at the time and i think they're important for the history of video games because they did this. They took a bunch of different genres that had already existed and really streamlined it into this definitive thing that we call vehicular combat. 
And you know what that is. Even if you've never played a game like that before, if somebody says, I have a video game, it's vehicular combat. You know you're driving something, and something else is coming at you in a vehicle driving, and you're attacking each other. Which is like the simple idea that I think for what they had at the time, they executed wonderfully. Well said. Yeah. So uh, anyway, jumping forward all the way to 2012. Now, 2012 would be the release of Twisted Metal again. <laughs> Which was decent. And by that point, they'd actually rolled racing back into it. Like there's uh, at least, a, yeah, there's a couple racing modes in that. I don't know if they popped up in three, four, black or small brawl, but there's like, it's it, 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 at least the one I kept being shitty at was, um, a point-to-point race, like you have to race down to one end to tr- um, activate a bomb, and then run uh, race back to the other end of the course to uh, hit the detonator, and then everybody else uh, in line blows up. And I don't think I got past that part. What system is that on again? That's PS3. Okay, I got it for free. <laughs> oh, that's cool. PlayStation Plus. Well, you know, with all the the, uh, love for this, uh, at least the sequel, which was Metal 2, that I just professed, and my uh, reverence for these two games that came on the PlayStation, I stopped at 2. Some people say that's where you should, but I I had a couple people in chat while I was playing, and they were like, yeah, they're not as great, but like, while I was looking at some stuff, it seems they got more and more into like building up the lore and stuff in those two, so Mm -hmm. I kind of appreciated that aspect of it. I'll speak of the PS3... Uh, do not try to buy the PlayStation Classic versions of those on PlayStation 3. You can add money to your um, account with like a gift card, oh. uh, and you can buy things on the marketplace, but um, the PS1 Classics, they just don't work. They won't let you download them. Uh, they will charge you for them, and I can't. there's no real way to um, contact Sony about that, because they don't really support the PS3 marketplace anymore. And... Um, I didn't feel like dealing with a chat bot. There's no e- contact email, of course, anymore because this is the future. And yeah. I was just like, I'm, I'm out 12 bucks. Cool, thanks. That, that sucks. sucks. And that yeah. is the first time I've heard anyone say that. Yeah. Also, also, if you had PlayStation 1 Classics that you had bought and then didn't download shortly after, at the latest, uh, after they um, extended and like canceled the full shutdown of the store, uh, you yeah. probably can't get them now. Oh shit! I better yeah. look into that because I had, I have a ton of PS1 games on my PS3. Like I downloaded. know they just, I know they just added a couple of probably the first two Twisted Metals to the um like the classics library that you get, uh for one of the I think it's the I forget it's the mid or the high tier PlayStation Plus, but you can get them that way. Yeah. But mm. yeah, it's it it's very I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm a little annoyed. Rightfully so. Uh, that's that does suck. so steal them. <laughs> I well, Pete will tell you too, and it's it's strange. So I said to Pete numerous, I don't buy that, Pete. Just download it. Don't buy. You it. actually it's creeped up behind me one time and did that. At a yeah, convention. I'm like, this guy's ripping you off. Don't spend this uh, money here. And um, that guy and I, was like, Hey, I'm not ripping you off. <laughs> it's very awkward. I've done James? that. If, uh, did I do that seriously with you? Because I have done that with people. Uh, you have done that, but, but I'm making the joke that the dealer heard you. Oh. No, I was about to buy Indiana Jones for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, and I was like licking my lips about it, and I was about to take my wallet out and pay like forty or fifty bucks for it, and you were like, "It's all a ripoff," and I turned around and it was you. <laughs> oh, oh you, 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 fell, you fell into the Yoshi uh, hypnosis. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> the guy who tells you to uh, to like don't. 
buy the old thing when you can easily get the old thing. You know, don't don't give your money to a reseller. I, 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 save your money and just download it. However, as Nikobun just uh, explained, this other era, this like PlayStation 3 on, your Xbox 360 on, although Xbox, for now at least, Microsoft's been pretty good about moving what you've downloaded from the original Xbox all the way up to whatever their console's called now. But Nintendo, the same thing with like the eShops that shut down. I'm mixed on it, right? Because it's like, for some things, I'm like, I want to play that again. And it's not, I don't have the gaming PC to keep up with emulation with current consoles. And I'm not even interested in current consoles. But I do enjoy my PlayStation 3 and the idea of games that I did purchase through there not being accessible. Or if my PlayStation bricks and I'll never be able to play them again. Yep. I talked about a game on Handy Pockets. Uh, Crystal Defenders. It's a stupid little tower defense game, but now in an era where every tower defense game is wrapped up in microtransactions, something as simple as a goofy, simple tower defense game that's not trying to chisel you every 30 seconds while you play it is kind of quaint, right? And I found out that Crystal Defenders... It's done. Like, you can't get that mm-hmm. anywhere. Yeah, and now that Nico Bun just explained, like, I, there's a chance that if I didn't have it already downloaded on my PlayStation, I couldn't re-download it right now. So it's like, I, oh, at, w- at yeah. what point do I go back to <laughs> keeping physical media? You do if you do, it damn if you don't. Like, exactly, uh, yeah. and Or hoarding consoles that have downloadable content on them that uh, you can't access anymore. Really quick, that's why I didn't get a PS4 because I was like, oh, I'm gonna... I'll never play the PS3 and I have a, I have a lot of stuff downloaded on there. One of those games is a game called Hohokam, which I loved, yeah. and uh, it updated and would never play it again. And it's not in... The, like, I can't buy it. I don't think there's a physical copy of that. But yeah. it's a different story. Yeah, I um, I had uh, the, like, the mobile spinoff of Tokyo Jungle, which was for that PlayStation phone that came out, but you could get the, the, that uh, whole line of games for the PlayStation TV, which is like the Vita that you mm-hmm. plug yes. in with an HDMI cable. An update forced a uh, memory card uh, reformat, and I went oh. to re-download it, and yeah, gone. Gone forever. Uh. It was like a little, it was, uh, instead of the, you know, the active running around, uh, effing up other animals action it was more of a like a tactical strategy games with the grid and mm-hmm. stuff like that and it was neat but i never actually like got a chance to play through it i like gave it a try once or twice to uh make sure make sure it worked and then when i went to go back gone this is why i play 30 year old games same <laughs> all right well jumping back to 2012 with the release of twisted metal 2012 sony pictures went into pre-production on a Twisted Metal feature film because they're thinking, okay, we're revitalizing the franchise. People will be interested in it. Let's, we're now a, a mega media company, right? Let's release a film. Um, but after five years of stalling, Sony, through research, realized that the fan base didn't actually warrant the budget necessary for producing a film. So they scrapped the project. I feel like maybe they should have listened to that advice. <laughs> yeah, but six years later, baby, Hollywood's out of ideas, resulting in <laughs> Twisted Metal being adapted for television in a brand new miniseries now available on the cock! Peacock! Hashtag not an ad, but could be. 20 years ago, the world fell to shit. 
cities put up walls to protect themselves and threw the criminals out so they could fight over what was left. But there are humble motherfuckers like me delivering cargo from one walled city to another. And that's where the cars and guns come in. Give me the package, so if I'm here, then the exit is... Oh, they have a footlocker. Oh, son of a... Welcome to New San Francisco. I want to hire you. Pick up a package, bring it back. I can make your every wish come true. So, John, what do you wish for? Toilet paper. Two-ply. I think I can do better. Three-ply? All right, Evelyn, let's deliver this package. It's rude not to introduce yourself before pulling a gun on someone. Oh, this is rude. If you put the gun down, I'll drop you off as close as I can to where you're going. She's quiet. She don't talk. Motherfucker, eat shit. Much. You have no idea what's out east. Even the people trying to bring the law back are dangerous. This is our land. These are our roads. And they're gonna have to go through Vegas. We both know who rules Vegas, John. Hi, everybody. Woo! I've never seen anyone cut off a human head and catch it as good as that. This is gonna be fun. Peekaboo. This never happened to me before. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, my God. It's DMV. What's down the red line? No, please! Cool. Screams. P and cock are also two things you're going to hear a lot of in that show. Oh, my God. Now, I'm looking at the notes, Nico, but... And I got to say, should the listener pause uh, and then hit play when the second lion roars so they can get... Your your director's commentary <laughs> for, for, the, for the whole uh, for the whole series because yeah I, I, they, they owe me five hours of my life back. You didn't half-ass it. You full-assed it, and so did I. And uh, I, I can see that um, we are both really not into this show. Yeah, you didn't even put notes. I wrote like a novella here. This is, I thought is, we were gonna bounce off each other. To be fair, and I didn't. I, say I, this. I can I, I can pare it down, but like I, just, I had to get I had to lay everything out so I knew where I was. Because I respect respect you, Nikobun, and your opinion very much. I respect Pete obviously too. But I'm saying Nikobun, this <laughs> I'll tell you a little story. <laughs> Pete had texted me uh, today. Uh, are we reviewing the show? And I replied yes. And then I remember Pete was saying, oh, he didn't know if he had Peacock or not, or if he had to renew it, whatever. So I just texted him back. I go, hey, you know, don't sweat it if you didn't see it. Um, because what I was going to write to him, and I'm like, I'm not going to write this because I'll say this right to Nico Bun. I'm like, Nico Bun is going to talk <laughs> about this show way more than, like, he'll cover us. We, you don't need to worry about having an opinion. We're going to have plenty of good takes and opinions on this show. But I thought we were just going to, like, briefly bounce off each other and i had show. a bad pun in that text here that you're you t- totally didn't care about i i saw your pun it was <laughs> it was good let's let's hit the brakes a little bit all right we're not talking about puns right now we're talking about <laughs> when i was live watching nico bun put his feelings for the show and i was like yeah i agree with that i agree with that but goddamn he he, he keeps going oh my god 
Oh, I mean, there was there was the whole like the, while I was doing it, I was posting it in our little organization chat, yeah, and just like it's just ugh, ugh. <laughs> so please regale us with your feelings on the show, and I will chime in. I imagine Pete will with right. the uh, the few episodes he watched, and we will bounce off each other. I hated it. Uh, there were a few things I appreciated, but oh god, I hated it. Like just, <laughs> I it, the pacing was terrible. I think it's partly because it was they were their thirty minute episodes. Like they didn't even give mm. them flour. Like you you usually do with prestige downloadable TV anymore. So yeah. I feel like a lot of it was rushed and crammed in there. Um, I didn't I didn't know what this show wanted to be while I was watching. <laughs> Same. I don't know who it what what it is. I don't know what who it's for. It does it like doesn't make any goddamn. No, sense. I know who it's for. It's for a thirteen year old me in nineteen ninety five. I would have thought this was the cat's pajamas back then. <laughs> Yeah, but, so it's for David Jaffe, is what it's right, for. Right, but like as a like grown man, I don't understand. Like you said, who is this for? And I see people online like that. Oh, I like it. It was good. It was the best video game thing I've seen in a while. And I'm like, it wasn't Last of Us like a big deal on HBO. I didn't watch it, but I know that's based on a video game, and people yeah. seem to really like it because yeah, it's great. I, that, like that was apparently actually a good show. So, like, but but this is my problem with like a lot of media things that are coming out based on other IPs it's it's so referential and it that's that's pretty much all it has where it's like well look there's that guy from that and look that's how he learned how to play space chess and look where it's a reference to the IP instead of like delivering just a story I don't think anyone asked for a Twisted Metal show. I think back in 2012, they figured out, like, Twisted Metal at that point had kind of burned out because there was just the market was flooded at one point with games like it, and everyone just kind of got burnt out on the whole Twisted Metal-like uh, games. It's just like the scraping of the bottom of the barrel of nostalgia where it's just like, well, people know it enough. Put these same actors that will sign up for anything in it and put it out there because... We're just releasing content. We just we got their money anyway. Like they're on a subscription service. They need to watch something. That, that, that this is like the epitome of it. This show is the epitome of what is being produced today. It's not. Uh, it's not a story. It's just content. Yeah. On a completely unrelated note, Sony Pictures is also putting out a Gran Turismo film on the big screen. Oh boy. Featuring David Harbor, who keeps getting jobs in the biggest stinkers. It looked awful. It looked it's awful. terrible. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know there was a trailer out. David oh, Harbour, get a good job, please. I was just please. hoping it would be like Vin Diesel doing laps in a Diatsu midget for ninety minutes. That would be great. I, that would I, make I more sense. That. Yeah, but no, it's David Harbour yelling at children. No, they play a video. They play racing games online with the racing rigs and like the all that shit. And then for someone, somebody goes like, you should put him on a real track. They no. can't handle the real track. No. And David Harbour's like, you dudes are going to have to race real cars. And they're oh, like, no. but we can't do it. We race fake cars. And that's the movie. That's it. But, but one of you can race a real car, I guess. Okay. Yeah, and one of you has to make it. And one of the, you doesn't have to make you it. You threw up. We're going to put you in the real car. But are they going to do it? It's like, that's the whole thing. It's like, no, they're not. They, no. They, <laughs> no. It's Pacific no. Rim without the monsters. <laughs> Why would they do that though? It's like, oh, I don't, I won't die in a car crash. I'd rather play the video game. Yeah, I'm not going to do any of this, David Hart. It's anyway. Yeah, Maybe I mean, the real monster was the Nismo we met along the way. Ugh. <laughs> so stupid. So let's talk about why this show sucks. <laughs> yeah, like 
credit were due, they tried to, like, build a world around this, like, a world where a Twisted Metal bullshit would happen, which I kind of, like, I kind of liked it. it. A lot of it was really on the nose, like, class differences are mm-hmm. very pronounced. The, the rich people retreated to, you know, their havens in the cities and right. are, are, like, keeping minorities and downtrodden people as servants in some cases, yeah. or just leaving them out in the wilds to die. Go figure. The dialogue's very, like, Whedon-flavored, you know, that quickie oh, back and forth, that yeah. nobody talks. This but it's was... all the time, all the time. And again, because of the condensed run times, it's faster. They literally uh, describe John Doe as played by um, famed Ken Penders, <laughs> accidental co-star um, in the Adventures of Lara Sue. Oh, apparently not anymore, because uh, <laughs> he redrew uh, Space Mackie in two other ways after yeah. he got yelled at. Anyway, um... Yeah, he's described as a motormouth, and like, yeah, he just Anthony Mackie. By the way, I don't know if we actually said his full name. Oh, we name. didn't. Yeah, no, I said Mackie, <laughs> but not Anthony. Yeah, Anthony Mackie. What do you play, Falcon? Right? Or yeah, yeah, okay. And and the play Falcon. Movie. Yeah, I, yeah, I like him. Anthony cut the check, Mackie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's, he's absolutely got to check in this. There's this blooper reel of him on the uh, one of the Captain America movies, and he's doing stunts, and he's like, "Cut the check." And there's a whole montage of him saying, it. "It's very funny." Oh well, at least he owns it. Yeah. You brought up the dialogue. I just stared at this show as its attempts at jokes just washed over me. And yeah. I don't go into things like looking to hate them. Neither did I. I. I had seen some of those reviews that said it was a good ad- adaptation. I was like, all right. Yeah, and I think Anthony Mackie is very likable as an actor. He just has a presence about him where it's just, I like this dude. This dude's funny. This guy's friendly. Like, I, I, I'm like, okay, this is probably a good pick for a star, uh, to, uh, the guy to star in this series because... I want to feel a connection to his character. The problem is I never did or any of the other characters that were just being shotgunned at me, the viewer, through the the episodes. Again, that might go back to what uh, Nicobun's talking about with this 30-minute you know, chunk that this, this story needs to be told in. Maybe that's not enough time, but I don't want to see an hour of this either. I don't want hour episodes of this, even though I did sit through all of it and... How many hours is that? You watched the whole thing? It's five hours total. Ten episodes, ten half hours. I spent five hours watching this. Yeah, like, I I, I think even an hour wouldn't have saved it. It would have given them more room to breathe, but the the writing's bad. It's bad. You know what I was really impressed with, guys? Did you see how much weight Will Arnett put on for this role of Sweet Tooth? (laughs) Yeah, he's been been working up. Will Arnett did the voice of Sweet Tooth, uh, but uh, Samoa Joe was the, uh, the body of Sweet Tooth, and this was, like, the biggest disconnect for me watching the show, is because I could see... Samojo's a professional wrestler, for those who aren't aware, and I believe his... Either his real name or his stage name is Joe Sanoa. Which, if his real name is Joe Sanoa, and his pro wrestling name is Samoa Joe, that's wild to me. That's like... <laughs> I can see this professional wrestler performing, but... Will Arnett's voice isn't matching it. And no. I, I like Will Arnett, and I liked what I was seeing from Samoa Joe, but when these two things are married together, it seems like it's a bad voice dub. And I really... I, I know why you go with Will Arnett. No, no name. Great voice. I'd like to hear... Uh, not that I think it would make the show any better, but I would like to hear uh, Joe Sanoa, Samoa Joe, 
do the role without that. Like, I want to hear his audio track because I see him talking in the scenes. And yeah, I see like, him they're, they're, uh, expressing, and I wonder, like, would have that been better? Because he has a gruff voice. It would have worked for Sweet Tooth, and I think it would have matched it better for that character. Yeah, and he, he was definitely selling the whole time. Was, I, I feel like it would sound like he was just cutting a promo every time he was on screen, and it would have been great. Yeah. Like, there, there's one I, scene, uh, like, uh, about two-thirds of the way through, where he is, like, they're, they're in, like, a dark um, uh, abandoned asylum cell, and he is, like... You can see him sweating and like spitting through the mask because he's like yelling about something. And sure. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. But then you just got Will. I mean, Will Arnett kind of managed to catch up with things for that one, but only kind of. I'm not going to bag on Arnett just like I'm not going to bag on Anthony Mackie because they're, they're only as good as what you give them. And yeah. for all we know, you know, Will Arnett was told, go in the booth, read the lines, and we're going to give you an executive producer spot. Here's the Everybody check. got one of those. Yeah, and he's like, okay, cool. Like, did he see the dailies before he read it? Or was he just given the script? We don't know, you know. Yeah. Um, but they just it didn't match. Yeah, there, there's a big thing where they were, like, they love to add these lines where people are like, I don't know if, if they were all ADR, but a lot of them definitely were, where that like, the actors are just pointing out something completely obvious if you're actually looking at the screen. The most egregious one to me was um, they're doing a little flashback thing about uh, John Doe's backstory. Mm-hmm. And the, the kid actor they got for him, actually really good. He was good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, but at one point, he's like, the, the, there's this whole running thing where he's got this photo from his past that's like half burned. And like he has amnesia, so he doesn't remember who the burned off part of the photo is. Like he knows it's his family, but he doesn't remember names or where they're from or whatever. Right. And like, there's the scene of him saving the photo. And, like, he's clearly pulling it out of a burning glove box after a car crash. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, he goes, oh, ow, ow, that's really hot. It's like, yeah, no shit. There's fire coming out of the glove box. Like, I'm pretty sure it was a practical effect. Like, we didn't need that. But there's stuff like that sprinkled throughout the entire goddamn series. Oh, speaking of the practical effects versus CGI, this show had, like, the CGI budget of a sci-fi original movie. <laughs> yeah, and they blew it all on uh, lighting uh, Sweet Tooth's hair on fire for oh my approximately God. a minute between that the last two episodes. That sucked so hard, though. That looked like dog. Every all the special I, effects I was the best like looking shit. part. I thought of of yeah, but like that that bar is so low. It's fucking subterranean. <laughs> you guys are really making me want to watch the rest of this. <laughs> Don't watch it experience. like we did. <laughs> yeah. give, give yourself breaks. Like we, I banged banged the show out in three days. That was too oh, too really? much. Yeah, too much. I, maybe one episode a night. Don't see. I didn't realize you're gonna like watch the whole series, but yeah, I had to see it through. I uh. slam. I slammed it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a mistake. Oh, it seems like they spent a, a decent amount on like the convoy, which I I like the convoy. The convoy was cool. It's like a bunch of tractor trailers, but they all have like little. Um, gangplank bridges that drop into each other and like do and do a little like airlock shoot across it that was cool that was cool the set dressing was cool i do agree with you that and i don't know anything past twisted metal 2 and i never got into the lore so i don't know how much this actually the show actually connects to any of the existing lore or if they were doing something like i I was looking at a wiki while i was watching after a minute because i'm like are these characters in this or some of these new yeah most of them are actually like references a little uh, I another thing I appreciated was like I realized they actually adapted the characters to the world they built instead of going one for one with some of them. Well, a lot of them, 
So, like, they made it work. So it made sense within the world. Uh, and, like, some nods were a little more oblique than others. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the, the first two games, we'll talk about a little bit, is pretty much just a tournament that's put together and put on by this... I always thought it was, like, a Satan-type character, Calypso. Yeah, yeah, Calypso's basically Satan. Right, and it was just, uh. like, that was, that was the most of it, right? <laughs> Where it's, it's... This show was... Hey, let's the you know what's was you know what was popular back in 2012 Walking Dead. So let's do a sort of Walking Dead reason to why all this stuff's happening. So we don't have zombies, but there was some sort of computer virus that caused the end of the world, right? So that's the that's No, the they don't even that's part I I laughed. He was like, and there was no more internet and there was no more this. All right, and it was just like, okay, I won't ask about it. Like, yeah, they, they they won't tell you uh, when or why or remotely why that happened for okay. another couple episodes. Yeah, if you yeah, but other show. things, other things, not really that big of a deal. Yeah. You can get them. I don't know. But yeah. that type oh, well, of- oh god, the, the the running line where uh, pornography is such a huge deal, <laughs> and it's see, gone now. But like, there's oh. th- there's the idea there where this could be satirical or a parody done well or not like the writing has to be there so the there's some of these ideas that i actually do find funny like what Pete just described is pretty funny like the character's like it just happened i don't want to fucking talk about it anymore uh that can be funny if it's handled well the problem is this show kind of as you watch through it jumps between am i this am i satirical right am i a comedy or am i a serious drama yeah, my social commentary. Or, yeah, know? and I just, it's not crafted well enough to be all three of those things. It could probably be one of those things well, but it just isn't. I'm like, okay, that made me chuckle a little bit. There was a, a scene where Anthony Mackie is being detained, and they're making him fill out lots of forms while he's handcuffed, and they give him one of those shitty little pencils that you get at the DMV that are only about three inches tall. And he's struggling to use it. And he goes, why is this pencil so small? That made me laugh. There were these other jokes, these dick and fart jokes and these misogyny jokes and all that toilet humor shit where I'm just like, this mm-hmm. uh, I, This would have really landed on me back in 1995 when I was 12, 13 years old. But as a grown man watching this, this is just coming off uh, corny in a bad way. I, f- I wish there was more moments like the little pencil <laughs> where the, the humor was a little smarter because I think... This could, even though I don't believe anyone really asked for this, I do think that this could work because there is enough of an interest in that set dressing of a Walking Dead situation or what I thought this show was like biting off a little bit with some of its setup was uh, Fallout. Yeah, and like it falls back on some, like you mentioned the misogyny thing, like the the whole... um sassy strong woman but has the trauma that the big strong man has to help with even though he doesn't get to really address his own trauma mm-hmm. uh, like he never like uh, Anthony Mackie never actually cries even though like he slowly starting to piece up together parts of his history and like also his history with his car is yeah. a big thing and it actually could have like pulled some heartstrings but no no he's got to be the big tough guy um, that annoyed the piss out of me also very Whedon um <laughs> Uh, and I, well, I, 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 on the another plus, like I actually I like the casting. Like everybody's fairly realistic. Like there's a mm-hmm. wide range of like body types and builds, and uh, like mm-hmm. people look like they're kind of just surviving. They didn't make Anthony Mackie keep his Marvel build mm-hmm. from yeah. Falcon. Like he's he's got a little uh, a little meat on him now. And on uh, some of the characters, uh, you know, they, they actually commented a couple points about him being sexy. That's kind of a little 
pushed a little forcefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't look bad. I'm just saying, like, it, it, the the writing aspect on that was kind of stupid. And, like, they pair up the two main characters within, like, three episodes, and then they don't, and then they do, and then they don't, and then they do. It's like, will they, won't they? But they already did, and it, it's a pain in the ass. It's, it's like, so, some of their disagreements and, like, near partings make some sense, mm-hmm. but some of it is just, like, we want to keep this dynamic going for some reason, and... It, it like it, it, the pendulum swings too far, back and forth, and it's really annoying and just kind of distracting, honestly. Right. And I I also liked uh the like we keep saying it is, it is pretty referential. Most of the time, it's not actually that in your face. It's it was hit or it's another pendulum. Like you'll get like Anthony Mackie pounding in a um a cheat code on the shifter and probably destroying his transmission <laughs> like he puts in the invincibility code from two which was that in the, that the first episode where he like hit l and r on like the steering wheel or something yes yeah l, if you hold l1 and r1 yeah i and then I thought it's it, up down left right right left down up i thought it was just a reference to like a playstation controller i didn't know it was a g-code it is but no that is the invincibility and or the uh, infinite ammo code, or if you hold all the uh, shoulders, or if you're doing uh, the running gun controls that I use, which we'll get to, uh, you have to hold in all the face buttons and put the the directions in, which nobody who has written a guide freaking tells you. Um, <laughs> so that's more of an internet qualm than a game qualm. Again, like what you guys are saying, like who is this for? Yeah, because like yeah. that's I- the big thing. Are there a bunch of twisted metal guys who are like watching the show and they're like, oh shit, that's the cheat code? I don't think they are. No, and the, and the, the humor and the, the handling, like, the relationship talk, the handling of sex in the show is what I imagine a 13-year-old boy would understand sex, intimacy, and relationships to be. They did one of my favorite characters dirty by making him, like, this old guy smashing watermelons with his dick. He's doing a, he's doing a, he's doing a Gallagher show with his penis. Yeah, um, but, but that's what I mean. It's like, so who is this for? This isn't yeah. for 14-year-olds, 15 year No, they... They don't care about Twisted Metal, right? Yeah. So it, it is for our demo, because we remember Twisted Metal. But at the same time, they set the end of the world in 2002. Right. Like the, the, the soundtrack is just peppered with uh, clips of varying lengths of songs from mm-hmm. the late 90s to the early aughts. Mm-hmm. And the, so the, the culture basically ended in 2002, but it's modern day, so it's 20 years after that. But the game came out five or six years ahead before that so anybody who was playing the game as a team would have been in like late high school or college maybe done college by the time the events of this happened so there's not going to be that cultural connect between the music and the game and then the game last did any the the game series last did anything 11 years ago so who the fuck gives a shit now i guess disconnect is the word yeah, for this show, there's so many weird disconnects between yeah. the the disconnect between the audience and the show itself, the disconnect between the tone, the disconnect between even the soundtrack. You're right; it was just and it's just well, this is a cool song at this time, and it's like that is a cool song, but what you're <laughs> presenting it with doesn't work. And when you're giving me a music montage and then the song stops and we continue the action, it kind of takes the piss out of both. Yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, we're going to introduce Sweet Tooth at the end of the first episode. I mean, he's in the uh, promo material, so sure, fine. But, like, if you're not familiar with the franchise at all, you don't know who the hell Sweet Tooth is. It's like, evil clown. But everybody's yeah. playing it up like he's a big deal, and then they don't even name him until, like, halfway through the second episode. Well, that's what I'm getting to with the 
the references, <laughs> right? References over substance with the show. Yeah. Is that I see a lot of people online, they're, they're like jazzed about it. But I only played till two. And the last time I played it was probably 1997. I know who Sweet Tooth is, right? He's the main guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. I'm like, John Doe. I don't remember John Doe, but I'm like, oh, I remember. Yeah, he didn't show. John Doe wasn't a named character until three. Right. So uh, it was just <laughs> shotgunning these characters at me. So it's like, yeah, if, if you really love Twisted Metal, this is going to be your jam because you're going to be like picking up on all these things that like an average, I don't even want to say average video game player, but you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't deep in the weeds of twisted metal but i should be able to understand what a twisted metal show is about there were so many goddamn characters early on i was like are these people made up for the show are they a part of the game again like i said that's why i opened up a wiki halfway through because i was like i don't know who here is from what and or new and apparently only a couple of the characters were actually new ones uh, quiet and loud were like the only non-established ones yeah uh, in the long run but i I call me old-fashioned. I don't think you should have to access a wiki to know what the fuck is going on about a show exactly. about cars shooting at each other, which does not happen enough in this show. No. And the big showdown is the weakest one, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That, that, that last episode was terrible. Anyway. You know, I'm going to check and it They out. just went down to Rockford Speedway. They, must have, they might, as well, might as well have busted out three circular tables and... Well, the rest in peace, Rockford Speedway announcer guy whose name I can't remember. I'm realizing that our discussion about this uh, program is going as long as, like, three episodes now. So we should probably wrap it up so we can talk about the games it's based on. And for anyone who's like, oh, you know, I really like when you do the long episodes. Well, boy, are you going to get one tonight. Yeah. Uh, But uh, long story short, don't buy Peacock for this. (laughs) Buy Peacock for Sequest DSV and 2032. I really didn't have that big of a problem with it. <laughs> you didn't get to the end yet. That's true. What? Yeah. You didn't get to also, the end Also, Axel yet. was robbed. Axel was robbed. Yeah, he never appears. No, he appears as like a still at the very end oh, well, for reasons. Oh, don't spoil it for Pete. I'm, I'm being vague about it. it there's <laughs> a still shot of him, but it looks like an AI-generated art piece of shit. Yes. Whereas every other character that is mentioned uh, in the same sequence is a uh, photograph. So it looks even worse. Yeah. I, I know I know that you want to move on. I yeah. didn't really think it was that big of a deal. I thought it was a <laughs> stupid show on Peacock. I thought it was entertaining, at least. I liked the, the first two episodes better than the entirety of Secret Invasion, which I thought was a piece of shit. Oh, I didn't watch um, that. I'm not arguing against that. So, but here's... Can I just give you some of my notes as I was watching oh, this? Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll just run through them and then we'll move on. I was like, first I wrote, who's he talking to? <laughs> yeah. like, who is he talking to is he talking to the viewer is he breaking the fourth wall no he's not he's just talking yeah. and i wrote ps groan uh, the, uh, this action's good this isn't the game again who is he talking to mm-hmm. oh he ate that seal that was pretty funny that, that terrible cgi seal <laughs> i didn't give a shit <laughs> like i thought it was funny he was like oh and then it was being grilled it reminded me of the porg thing from star wars yeah. Yeah. um I wrote who put Fallout in my Twisted Metal because he's a courier because mm-hmm. I was reading the reviews of the show and they kept calling him a milkman and I was like why the hell do they need someone to deliver milk and then I realized it, that's not what he's doing right and I don't know why they call him that and I thought it was kind of stupid uh, it also gives me I wrote Land of the Dead vibes because mm-hmm. it's almost identical to that movie where those people are locked out mm-hmm. and all like the corporate guys have like a 
healthy city going on and they don't want the zombies in there and yeah. like everybody pours on the outside it's just, just like land of the dead and there's like, yep. a big battle truck in that shit too you'll you'll see later on too if you do uh, choose to move forward with the series uh, that there are other cities which i guess you kind of gleam from the first mm-hmm. two episodes because that's why there's a milkman uh, but they're all a little bit different from one another and there's one in particular that gave me um it reminded me of Fallout New Vegas with one of the particular casinos. You know how each casino okay. had their own sort of culture. Um, I think you'll find that reference too. I I found it funny to have on and like watch that and scroll on my phone. I, I didn't. Well, that's I, I don't, again. I don't really have a big thing for, for Twisted Metal, so I wasn't pissed off or I just thought it was a stupid show. I watched too many uh, media criticism uh, video essays on YouTube, so I'm brain poisoned. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not angry about the show. I'm happy for the people who are enjoying it. I'm just saying it's not for me. And the only reason why I even picked it up was for the show that we're recording right now. Otherwise, I wouldn't even gave it two looks. Uh, you brought up Secret Invasion. Like that type of stuff means like nothing to me anymore. Like I don't care about these Marvel shows or the movies or anything of of this type of nature because it's just this sort of like designed by committee churn out of these. Um, media properties that are just content. It's not. I'm not gonna walk away from it being like, "Wow, that was an amazing story." I'll put it on the background, get a few chuckles, and scroll on my phone. It, like you just I- express, like that's fine. D- do that. I just that's not how I want to spend my time. And when I <laughs> did the math, five hours. I spent yeah, but you. I don't know. They're. I think they're great because they're only thirty minutes, and I was like, "Oh, all right, I can." I don't have to watch the second one. Yeah. And then I wanted to see what Sweet Tooth looks like, and then I was like, "All right, I'm already halfway in it." Right. But um, T- Thomas Hinton Church got cut old. I didn't realize how old that guy got. <laughs> and uh, I wrote, "I wish I hope they changed Mackie's tone because uh, I <laughs> thought he was like way too silly." Uh, I um, and then I wrote Spoonman Mike Mitchell because I don't know if you guys listen to that that podcast he's on. That like other cop who didn't shoot the guy, uh-huh. he's like a famous podcaster. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yep. Uh, oh, okay. I only yeah, listen he's to like, my podcast. I liked him. I li- like his <laughs> character. Like his character was all right. Yeah, he's okay. He's a com- he's like a comedian, like improv guy. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, uh, and I also appreciated that. Like that. Like the only fat jokes in it were directed at him, but it was more to sympathize with him than like actual like body shaming and stuff too. Like it, it served a purpose. He had the best kind of character arc of everybody. Yeah. In yeah, the yeah I like him. I, I like him in on those shows. Like I follow him, so it was cool. It was yeah. nice to see him. And he's yeah. also in that Chris Pratt movie about time travel. Does Sweet Tooth sing in the video games? Is he like a singer? I don't remember. Is that his thing? Any of that? I remember him doing. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I know he laughs like that, but like, does he like? Is he like? Everyone's gonna watch my show. I don't no. know. I think that's. Well, no, I think it ties in with his background as an entertainer in his origin story, which Ugh, they will get to. So. But I, it, it's a very tenuous connection, but I think that's what they were going for. There's a part in the series where they do talk about Sweet Tooth's origin, at least for this show. I don't think it's connected to the game, but for the show... where I think it is loosely connected, or at least it, like he has the same nickname in the game. I didn't actually like yeah. uh, look up the full thing on it. But my wife thought that that bit was funny. <laughs> so I don't want to spoil no. that. Because maybe you'll find that funny, Pete. And if you yeah. do, I don't want to ruin There was some joke. stuff I laughed at. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. But my very last note, and I appreciate you guys letting me get this out. Because sure. I know it's, it's time to move on. I wrote, oh, now he knows how to use a fork and knife. 
because he was eating with uh, oh, yeah, Neve yeah, Campbell, yeah. and he's like, fork and knife? I don't understand. And then he's eating with Sweet Tooth. It's like, oh, I figured this out by now. Yeah. Uh, and that was it. It's that's real all bro. I had. Yeah, it was like, that's pretty <laughs> Yeah, I also, there was a little, there's like one little aside in that, uh, that origin story thing that I did like where they mentioned the living in a taxi cab thing. Because, um, uh, the driver of Yellow Jacket, the first one, is his dad. Oh, is that it? Yeah. I, again, I had the wiki open, but I was like, oh, that's neat. That's cute. Style. Sophistication. The ability to launch napalm into oncoming traffic. If these are the things you look for in an automobile, it's time you test drive Twisted Metal 2. Fully automated weaponry, dual rocket launchers, and the new APS flamethrowing system. All standard. Drive the 1997 Twisted Metal 2 on PlayStation from Sony, and let style be your weapon. No, I never really got into these games. I had an original PlayStation, but I leaned more into like Crash Metal Gear mm. at the time. I knew of these. I never really played them. But you know, as as an adult, and you collect things, like you just kind of end up with stuff. So I ended up with uh, the first Twisted Metal, and. I played a lot of the games that <laughs> ripped off Twisted Metal, like, of course, Star Wars Demolition and uh, Demolition Racer, I think. I don't know if that's a ripoff, but it reminds me of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Vigilante 8. Sure. I've, I, think, I think I played the demos of these in a kiosk or on, like, the PlayStation demo discs for these games and actually playing them. Yeah, my history is similar. Like, in, uh, instead of the knockoffs, I was a Wipeout kid. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's sort of... It's kind of combat, but you're still racing. And uh, it's better. Also, the music's better. But like, I like, I probably hit a demo, and as I mentioned, I got the 2012 one on PS Plus, and was like, well, they made like five or six of these. I might as well check it out. And I was like, it's, it's okay. It's okay. You can get in a helicopter, and you can die. It's great. When when did you you guys get your PlayStation? Because I know you had the Saturn first, Pete, right? Oh well, I was sandbagged with the Saturn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I traded in some shit to get a place a refurbished ps1 at a funko land and i think i traded in like stuff i regret uh now and i yeah. had like yeah it was one of those like i want something new and i traded in a bunch of stuff to was get it before that. or after the dual shock was introduced it was after the dual shock okay. because right. one of the first games i got for it was ape escape uh there you go and then, uh, Nicobo, were you early adopter or were you later? I was pretty mid, because I remember yeah. we got an N64 first, because we'd always been a Nintendo household, and the cycle was usually we'd get it the year after release mm -hmm. for Christmas. Yeah. And I can't remember if my, my brother got it, or we got it for both of us the year after, and he just had it in his room more, because he was playing, like, Metal Gear Solid and stuff. Gotcha. But, like, it had been out for at least a little bit by then. But I remember also... Like, when a Final Fantasy would drop, like, I'd be there. Like, I remember falling asleep trying to play Final Fantasy VIII, grinding out um, spells to upgrade, like, to combine them and upgrade them into better spells and stuff. Like, I would fall asleep in combat and then wake up to a game over. As you do. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like, I wasn't on the top of things, but I think I had at least played some games that didn't use the analog. If Even if I'd gotten the system... After the dual analog was out, I'm pretty sure... I definitely remember having a non-analog controller... At least for a bit. Yeah. I just think that uh, these two games, when they came out, Twisted Metal and Twisted Metal 2, in that 95-96 time period, it's a very small window yeah. where these games are fresh and the market's not flooded with games that are like it, either exactly like it or better than it. And that's a special time for those games. And as 
like Metal Gear Solid, everybody, oh, Metal Gear Solid, but that came out relatively late in yeah. mm. toward the end of the PlayStation tenure, yeah. really right before PlayStation 2 came out. So these early PlayStation games, they're hard to go back to because of the limitations of the controller at the time and because everyone was trying to figure out what polygons do. And I, I bring it up just again because I want the listeners to remember that as we discuss them. Also, demo discs, uh, you both brought them up kiosks and whatnot i miss that more than blockbuster i miss the demo disc i i miss subscribing to a magazine and getting a demo disc either for my pc or for my playstation or the dreamcast had it for a while that was a great time because you got to like hey i get to read about games i don't have enough money for and i get to try these little games like i think that's how everyone played uh, Einhander. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I definitely, I definitely had that on demo. Everybody disc. just played that one stage over and over again on their demo disc, and that was really a magical time. And I do miss it. Yeah, and like with the PlayStation, you had like more options for magazines yeah. than you had fingers, yeah. like because there's yeah PlayStation magazine, official U.S. PlayStation magazine, PSX. I'm pretty sure Die Hard, yeah, PSX magazine, Die Hard Game Fan. I'm pretty sure did demo discs. Yeah. Like that was a fun time. Yeah. As winner of my competition, I shall grant to you anything you request. Let's see what you've come asking for. I already turned in my contract, Calypso. You should know what I want. The jungle rules of South America. You were a commander for the Allied troops. What was that, five years ago? Four and a half. Ah, now you want to go back in time. Set things straight. An interesting request. I lost them all. 25 good men, and I sent them straight into an enemy trap. I want a second chance, Calypso. Word is, you can give me that. I wonder if you really know what it means to go back in time. Really to go back. Damn it, I don't need a lecture. I need to save my men. I need more time. I can give you time, but to go back and to Give me what I want! Give me what I earned. I won. Nico, you could probably hash this out better than I ever can, but the host of the tournament, Calypso, will grant the winner or survivor, however you want to look at it, of Twisted Metal one wish. Kind of like a NASCAR genie. But some (laughs) of those wishes are usually like a monkey's paw style, and the winner kind of gets screwed. Yeah, I think the monkey's paw thing is tying in with the whole Calypso being like a loose metaphor for Satan. Also, the makeup on Twisted Metal 1 uh, Calypso, <laughs> terrible. Like, he's wearing yeah. this burned up face, but it just looks like he's wearing like some weird, like, shiny mesh fabric that was taped on. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad they changed the art, uh, like, art character portraits after that. I, I think he's like the worst video game villain. I really hate <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah, he's so he's just so mediocre. He's you only remember him because he has a goofy name, but is a horrible person. <laughs> like the stupidest Calypso. <laughs> Go look at me. And yet they still do him dirty. They do him it's dirty so in the series. It's so stupid. Nico Bun, we are it's done so with stupid. that series. We're not talking about it anymore. And that's going to haunt my nightmares for months. <laughs> and and there's bosses, right? Like it's not like you get to face off against him. No, there's like no, you don't. You no, you don't. You know that <laughs> you there was some kid on AOL Instant Messenger whose username was Calypso, and they thought they were such a badass back then. 
Yeah, yeah. Calypso, you're not, like, yeah, you're, you're, not you're, you're not the same name as, like, a line of, like, fruity beverages or anything. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is the beverage in that. It's fucking minging. It's fucking minging. I'm pretty sure that's it's a Calypso he's yelling about. He's like, let me grant your wish. <laughs> so stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah, and half the endings don't even tell you, like, what the twist is. Like, I, I played through with a thumper, I think, who was trying to, like, stop the gang fighting in South Central because, you know, that's that's oh, not uh, a racist assumption about it or anything. <laughs> um, God. And, like, I'm pretty sure the implication is that Calypso just killed everybody because he, like, goes back and it's all quiet and calm. But, like, they don't actually say it. it you just see, like, a still of him driving under a road sign in LA. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, there's not much plot there. Like, I think the character profiles kind of mention uh their connections like i said earlier uh the yellow jackets driver is um sweet tooth dad and uh that's really the biggest connection <laughs> between anybody oh and like the the one the boss minion uh is trying to get the calypso before you that's it to quote john carmack see what i did there pete talking about mm-hmm. vehicle puns i appreciate it i appreciate you can know so like i know sold you in our private text message <laughs> Story in a game is like story in a porn movie. It's expected to be there, but it's not that important. Yeah, but Twisted Metal didn't even get me off. <laughs> hi Yeah, and like I said, like as the series goes on, they did a little more, and like honestly, they embraced the Mortal Kombat side of the pitch by making it just goofy and absurd, and mm-hmm. like characters are connected to each other, or coming back, like some guy showing up to kill somebody that killed their family member and they're also coming up with like goofier characters like uh the grandma character was from three or four three and four i don't remember yeah it was weird when the uh, sweet tooth stepsister got stuck in the dryer though what, yeah what was that was that you, see, you joke about that you joke about that <laughs> but in 2012 there is a female sweet tooth oh is I'm there i'm pretty sure it's his I'm pretty sure it's his daughter. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's boy. his daughter. Oh my God. But if she gets stuck in a dryer, that's even worse. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. In 2012, they knew better. But that, but also that 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 means canonically, the sweet tooth fucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's not much there. They built on it later, but it was in the games that nobody liked. So it's like six of one, half a dozen craps of the other. Sure. I, don't, I don't know where I'm going with this metaphor. I don't consider this a racing game in the slightest, and it's obvious that it's not. Uh, it's it's like you guys said, vehicular combat, and I think that like it defined this. You choose your charismatic racer wow. and a cool car. Want me to do the whole thing all over? No, I just I'm, I'm making an exception for the word charismatic. <laughs> I don't know if they're all charismatic. Well, I guess they're charismatic. Yeah. I don't know. I found some of them charismatic. The cars are cool. The cars are cool. The cars or tr- and or truck and or motorcycle are cool, and you go at it in, like, a demolition derby type of arena, or, like, a street, or, you know, other stuff, but the twist to this is you can shoot, see what I did there? Mm -hmm. Uh, You could shoot your opponent and blow them up with rockets, and sometimes lightning bolts. Yes. Uh, You can play single player and enter the wish tournament, or duel with a second player, which I'm sure is a lot of fun. I don't know much about cars, or what types of cars these are, or car stuff and i'm sorry if, if there are listeners who know what these cars are i just don't know what they yeah are. i don't think they're 
I, they vaguely look like cars. Some some of them vaguely look like cars that actually exist in real life. But this is yeah, they're they're not. they're not specific models really, yeah. but there are like genres. Like there is a dune buggy, there is an ATV, there's there's construction equipment eventually. Well, yeah, that part. But the guy I like the best, he had a, that I was reading the wiki, uh, as you do, and it seemed like that was a specific car. Oh, like I, th- I think it's yeah. I think it's modeled off of one of the Bond cars. Yeah. Yeah, well, way back in the 1900s, I started with Twisted Metal 2, and we're going to bounce back and forth because whatever we say about the one, just picture the sequel being better than that, right? And we'll, we'll make some exceptions for certain things. But, um, yeah, the, the groundwork was laid in one, but it was refined in the sequel. I started with the sequel, and I thought the single player was fine, but really, I, all my enjoyment came from that multiplayer sp- split screen i didn't have a nintendo 64 so this was like my golden eye experience and oddly enough uh i have like a lot of fond memories of playing this with my dad like i had a television in my room i had the playstation he'd come home from work we'd sit down and we would play this for like a couple of hours it was this and bushido blade for whatever reason these two games clicked with the old man and i had somebody to play with monday through sunday uh, so yeah, I just I really dug it, and this was before lots of games where you got that split screen experience. Golden Eye is the big thing for the Nintendo 64. There were certain games that came out early on into the PlayStation, but like this was a, a communal type game if you could get people to come over and play it with you. <laughs> yeah, and there were like there were, there were a handful like you could do multiplayer, but you had to get two PlayStation yes. and a cord to connect them. Yeah, like. Bushido Blade being one of them, you could. I mean, you could play splits. Actually, you played on the same screen, and there was no split screen in Bushido Blade. Yeah, but if you really wanted to like have a crazy setup, you could do it where it was first person with. Well, maybe that was Bushido Blade 2. It doesn't matter. We're not talking about that either was one two, I think two out of the first one. Yeah. What I'm saying is the whole split-screen thing, the whole multiplayer thing in this 3D world was so new and so fresh, and it was exciting to play. And I really did. I just I spent hours playing this with friends and my dad, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. That's why I'm so fond of uh, Twisted Metal 2. Yeah, it's pretty much what you guys have been saying, Demolition Derby, and then in arenas that are too small or too big uh, where you can't get a beat on anybody and you die until you put in cheat codes. Yeah. Which are actually easier in the first one because it's just a little password. Like, you, you just put it in on the pause screen or whatever and, all right, you're invincible now. That's how I got through both of them. The The second one, it's like, it's you hold some buttons and then press a bunch of directions and something happens, which was a little more annoying between, again, being uh, quick enough to get the uh, directional inputs in and... Re- finding or realizing or figuring out that you have to hold the buttons that do the same function depending on your control scheme that the L's and R's would do in the default control scheme. Yeah. Otherwise, you're who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Nothing. I guess we'll talk more about. I got, I got some things to say about that when we get up to yeah. control. <laughs> on the plus side, on the plus side, two also introduced more uh, health recovery items, which uh, made getting through it a little less painful. Mm-hmm. Because one is all weapons, all weapons. Mm. Uh, yeah, I there's definitely a sense of, of getting lost at times. Obviously, like I played a lot of the of the sequel in multiplayer, so I got used to the maps. I had my favorite maps. Retrospectively, looking at it, yeah, these are not they're not great layouts, particularly with one. One's it's it's tough. It's really it's they're not good. They're not good layouts. They're really just barbarous to operate within. But two did refine them. I found, even with replaying, 
Um, everything about the sequel is better, and the arenas, while they are still kind of chunky and blocky, they lend themselves more to uh, more flow and an easier navigation and more enjoyable experiences within the battles instead of getting like caught in dead ends. When I was playing the first one, I'm like, the fuck? What? There's a dead end here? Yep. What am I yep. stuck in this, this dead end? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bad choices. But again, hey, we're learning. You gotta crawl before you can run. You know, maybe it was just me, and it's funny because I just called them charismatic, but I I don't... The characters, like, didn't age well. Uh, I don't know. They all seemed too generic, and, like, especially for the first one, it was like they were all just, like, extreme and, like, sick. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, this is cringe fodder. <laughs> like, reading these... these uh, Looking at these characters and then yeah. reading their bios uh, is... If, if you enjoy that cringe... You'll find it here. Yeah, we'll, we'll do the rundown. We'll, we'll do vehicle driver format and uh, interject as you will. Yeah. So apparently the vehicle is named Sweet Tooth, but everybody calls the clown Sweet Tooth mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, it's driven by Needles Kane. That's the clown with the ice cream truck. That I'm so tired of that. And I know at the time it probably wasn't like a thing, but like that creepy killer clown thing is so played. Because we're, we're fans of Batman and we have the best clown. That's it. Like, th- that's what it is. <laughs> it could be. Everything it comes could off be. like a I... cheap Joker or a cheap It. With, yeah, with and like in Saw, like that kind of shit. Yeah. It's just like, st- I don't know. I never got into it. But I do I do think the ice cream truck in here is a really cool choice. And like, it breaks up like sports car. Yeah. And like, it's, yeah, it's cool. And like, I like the effect of the head on top of the ice cream truck. I like the truck. I don't really care for the clown. Mm. Yeah, you've got Yellow Jacket, uh, which is a taxi cab uh, driven by Charlie Kane, Needles' father. Mm-hmm. Not that they really uh, pay much attention to that, at least not at first. Yeah. Uh, Dark Side, which is a black um, truck cab driven by Mr. Ash, like a tractor trailer uh, cab. No trailer, but also a pain in the ass to kill regardless. Who's like a creepy pasta type character. It's just like a shadow with red eyes. Yeah, I think it, it, there's there have been a few of those uh, haunted truck uh, <laughs> stories and films over the years that I'm pretty sure that was pulling from. Uh, you've got Outlaw. It's the police. Yeah. It's obligatory cop with an extra slap. Sh- I, I hate that dude it. special with the lightning around the car. I hate it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the electric thing. Oh, it's so bad. Because you have to get on top of these cars to do damage, particularly in the first one. Uh, yeah. You've really got to get on top of them. So you got to get relatively close. And hit, this car's special is letting the siren go. So you, woo, woo, you hear the cop siren going. And then there's a field of electricity around him that just, like, stuns you and you take damage from it. So you're struggling to hit him because if you get too close, you're taking a lot of damage and getting stunned. But if you're too far away, you're just watching all, whether it be your special or your, you know, pickup, just fly past them. Very annoying. Yeah, or your guns are overheating, which they thankfully got rid yeah, of. Them too. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, you got Thumper, which is a from Diddy Kong Racing. Perp- yeah, <laughs> I forgot to make that no, joke that's bu- earlier. No, that's, bu- that's Bumper. Oh, you're that's right. Bumper. It is Bump- Bumper. Bumper the Badger. He was my main in that. <laughs> Bumper. Bumper was my main in this. <laughs> but he, it's a purple um, lowrider yeah. driven by Bruce Cochran. Crimson Fury driven by Agent Stone. He was technically he was driving the cop car in the show, but um, we're not talking about the show anymore. It's a bit, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't, again, I can't forget. I can't forget. Uh, Pit Viper. I don't remember what Crimson Fury was. Oh, it was it. 
he looks like a special, a secret agent, Agent Stone. Okay. And it's just. Oh, like yeah. A, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Miami Vice Ferrari. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah, like uh, yeah, 80, 80 supercar deal. Okay, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember what he what he looked like because he was always like driving on the other side of the map he looks nothing like the character from the show and he doesn't drive a cop car it is confusing pit viper uh that's dune buggy type thing yeah dune buggy type thing driven by angela fortin there's a snake on the hood okay yeah i don't i think her her special was it spit poison which was kind of cool or some sort of green blob so the first and last time this character appears she's killed yeah in her fmv ending that was cut out so she tried it. Yeah, there's there's different there's different um Doom buggies that appear later, yes. but they're different. There is the Warthog uh, driven by Commander Mason, which is effectively just a up armored Hummer. Yeah. With some more weapons on it, which I realized as we were doing notes that uh it's a military vehicle called a Warthog uh half a decade before Halo, so I'm, I'm wondering I'm wondering about that. Yeah. Oh, look at that. that. Yeah. yeah. It's a chupa thingy. Up next is my boy, Mr. Grimm. Mr. Grimm? <laughs> driven by Mr. Grimm? Oh, he's your, he's your guy? Yeah, he's Ghost Rider without the flaming head part. Because Sweet yeah. Tooth does that. Yeah, I liked I liked Mr. Grimm. Uh, I always did. I played him a lot as a kid. Um, he plays almost as, as good as what I remembered from Twisted Metal 2. But I like a small, fast target. You, you're giving up yeah. your armor to be him. But he is the quickest vehicle in the game because it's just a dude on a motorcycle. I almost went with that guy, too, because he reminded me of the movie The Wraith with Charlie Sheen. I don't remember that movie. <laughs> I don't either. Oh, it's about, like, a guy dies in a motorcycle crash and, like, it. he, like, gets possessed by, like, an alien motorcycle thing. Oh, my God. It probably... This character is probably based off this film. Gotta when be. Did this film Gotta come be. out? Yeah. See, I'm getting vibes of, uh... I think it was Cyclone, but it was that was more of a, uh, like, a computer enhanced uh kawasaki ninja and the like the the scientist who built it uh his girlfriend takes over after he's killed mm. was that a show that was a it was a movie that i saw after the saturday morning cartoons ran out one day yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta check out you gotta see the wraith it's it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's gotta special. be this guy yeah, yeah. Be- I, I couldn't name any actor that was in cyclone i definitely don't remember I, I don't think up. anybody with a name was in it. Uh, you got Spectre, mm-hmm. which is like kind of a... Uh, that's the one that's a James Bond-looking kind of car. Mm-hmm. It's like a white classic roadster deal driven by Scott Campbell. He was my favorite for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it was that like James Bond car or the fact that I just felt bad for him because he's <laughs> just a ghost. This game is so stupid. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing and like in the little profile picture he's like like transparent yes, or whatever and yeah. it's like that poor that. guy that poor guy also like a ghost driving a car like you should be I'm impressed for him like yeah that's a lot of work for a ghost I've seen the movie Ghost Patrick Swayze could never yeah getting off my train that guy like pushing that coke can that's hard <laughs> you're driving a whole car I don't know he was my favorite uh you got Hammerhead which is like the obligatory monster truck yeah. although it's kind of like uh, more like a you know a country lifted just pickup that they threw some big wheels on that rather than like you know a bigfoot or grave digger kind of yeah. thing going on. Uh, driven by Dave and Mike, who I believe they, 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 <laughs> the, the, this one it's the couple of Hicks, right? The, right, yeah. Their yeah, their yeah. character portraits look nothing like their characters yeah. from the show. We're not talking about the show anymore. <laughs> well, no, 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 because Dave, Dave, Dave and Mike weren't even in the show. It was, oh, it was um, Stu and and uh, yeah, Mike and Stu, which they don't. They're they, they're the ones driving a hammerhead in the second right, one. You're right. Yeah, because they, and they're they're just a couple of kids. I think it's a different Mike. What happened? Which to Dave? They're um, 
<laughs> Dave and Mike, like that's what they come up. I don't know. Like these guys had to be young, right? They had to be in their twenties. Like Dave Jaffe when he when this came out, he had to be in his twenties. Oh, like, absolutely. But th- absolutely, this has yeah. like oh, is he na- all the trappings of like what dads at the time thought was edgy and cool. And again, that is David Jaffe's entire oeuvre. <laughs> it's, is it is it named after himself? It might be. I don't know. Oh, that's a good question, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, we have Roadkill, which is driven by Captain Spears in this one, which is like a red... Uh, I would say... It's, it, it's got your Mad Max vibes. It, it looks a little more beat up. And it's like a red kind of mid-range sedan, I guess, but with, uh, you know spiky stuff and armor slapped on it yeah i think aside from sweet tooth roadkill at least the car was another sort of mascot of the series obviously the the scary creepy clown was front and set center but i remember like roadkill being a part of the sequel as well as all the other iterations were on yeah three and four is where john doe the character from the show we're not talking about anymore <laughs> comes into thing as the driver of roadkill at that point yeah and then too we got some newcomers we got amanda watts and twister which is kind of like a purple accented um f1 or indie car yeah like the open wheels f1 racer it spins yeah. it spins that's why it's called the twister it spins <laughs> uh you have axel yeah. Who is is Axel is literally a guy who, for some reason, <laughs> his dad was like, you're an asshole kid, I'm going to bolt you into this hideous construction. This thing. just two giant wheels and put rocket launchers on your shoulders and this is your life now. This is that, Image that's literally Comics a story. Cyborg story. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, I remember when this came out too and like, he, this guy was on like, he's pretty prominent on the he cover. Is. And he's... And he was on every ad. He was. I remember seeing this guy all the time, yeah. and I was like psyched to play this because I was like, "Oh, I'm finally get to play as this dude." And like, the story is the stupidest thing. <laughs> yeah. But the sprite has not aged well, which is like okay, fine. But he looks like a cardboard. <laughs> you you cutout. mean the PNG yeah, he, file? <laughs> he's a transparent yeah. gif. Yeah, he looks like between. he it looks ridiculous. But it's also like I I I never realized he before playing this for the show that he's trapped in there. I always thought like he was like, all right, it's time for me to get into the tournament. I'm going to climb into this thing. Yeah, same, no, same. he's stuck in there. And it's like, well, how the hell does he go to the bathroom? <laughs> you just let it and rip like, like a racehorse. I, I guess. And then like he's grow- he grew up in that thing. Like where did he get the abs? I guess maybe from like cranking around to like roll around <laughs> in that thing. Who And like he's got pants on. Like, all right, well, was he wearing, did they stretch as he grew as a baby? He's like Twisted Metal Jesus. I don't know. I don't know about this guy. It doesn't make much sense. It makes no sense. It It makes no sense. But it looks really cool. But it looks sick and twisted. Yeah, he yells yells his name, Axel Power, whenever he uses the special. It's really annoying. His dad hates him. Like me. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. Nico, do you remember what you said about him on your stream? Did I say something about him being like a Pokemon? No. No, I, I'm thinking about that now. Maybe you did. I, it was something about his bio about him hiding. <laughs> he like he, he hides. Oh from yeah, people. yeah, that's right. Yeah, his bio says he was hiding out, waiting for his chance to get his revenge. I'm like, where are you hiding? You're <laughs> guy in the middle. Where are you? Like, you're usually hanging out in a shed or like a garage. Like a garage. <laughs> hey Lou, do you remember two it a pair like of monster truck tires being around that corner? No. <laughs> hey, where'd they go? 
<laughs> and it's like someone's like he's playing revenge and it's like did you just hear a truck <laughs> beep 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 no i didn't like it's like the stupidest it's so, it's so bad and then he's and i i saw the wikipedia for him he comes back in yeah. one of the other games but he's got spikes in like the hubs mm-hmm. like the hub <laughs> it's so stupid who put them on there for him not yeah. him i don't know same person dumbest. changing his diaper <laughs> the, the guy feeding him from like a, like a scaffolding, dropping like taquitos in his mouth for him or something. It's like the stupidest shit. Oh god. <laughs> no, I'm picturing this guy too. Like, because like outside of a Seven Eleven, there's always someone sitting outside in the car, like a, a car idle. Mm-hmm. So I picture this guy for some reason, like just sitting there hanging out, like <laughs> hey. <laughs> If you're going in there, can you get me a coffee? Like, yeah. <laughs> like when you come back out, can you pour it in me? Can you pour it in me? I can't escape this thing, and I hate my dad. God. All right, moving on. As much as we love to hate dads here, my dad was cool. It's fine. Um, uh, we have Mr. Slam, which is like it's a um, big old cock. According to the show that we're now talking about, yeah, signing oh little God. bone with his big old bone. But no, his vehicles. It, I forget. It, it's not a front loader. I don't. Maybe it's a. No, front it loader. is a front but loader. It's, it's in a, that show. I'll tell you, Nico. No, yeah, it, it's a. We're not talking about them, the show anymore. We are. Yeah, it's we're one not, of them. We're not. <laughs> it's one of those construction vehicles with the grabby like pincher thing that comes down, not like a steam shovel, the smaller one. Uh, but like he put teeth on it. It's great. Yeah. I love. I love Mr. Slam and his, his specialist to grab you and just like throw you around like a, an angry dog. <laughs> um, uh, Shadow, I don't even remember what that is. Driven by Mortimer. Shadow is the purple Hearst. Oh, the Hearst. Okay, that makes sense. Which was in the show. Of, yep. That's not talking about the show. About that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you got Grasshopper, uh, driven by Krista Sparks, which is the new Dune Buggy. Yep. I like the special, like, I never, I didn't play as her, but I do like the, the special, like, the car actually jumps into the air and I guess drops down. I don't know if it's an evasive thing or a, like, death from above thing or both, mm-hmm. but it jumps in the air and, like, comes back down. It's, it was, I thought that was cute. Um, and then Road Kills back with some guy named Marcus driving, who cares? Yeah. Uh, Hammerhead is now driven by Mike and Stu, who are a couple, <laughs> like, stone teenagers. Uh, we have Outlaw 2, mm-hmm. driven by Lady Cop, Jamie Roberts. Uh, Warthog is back, driven by Captain Rogers, who I uh, will scroll up and see if that was the guy from the first one. Uh, where is it? No. Okay. <laughs> Mystery solved. <laughs> Mr. Grimm is back. Yeah. Uh, but now he's a sidecar with a, like a Vulcan cannon on it. It's great. I heard he's it's based off it. a movie called Wraith. Never seen it. No, 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 no. This version is based off of the movie Side Hackers. That's <laughs> featured in MST3K about uh, sidecar racing. Oh, I wish you didn't explain it because it was really funny to me because right. I knew exactly what you were mentioning. <laughs> Side Hackers. All right. Thumper um, returns. Thumper's back. Yeah. Bruce Cochran's still driving. Uh, you have Spectre uh, driven by some guy named Ken. I still went with this guy. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize it was a different driver. This new driver's kind of like a douche. His story's like he wants to be seen by everybody. Mm-hmm. He wants to be super popular. And then I looked up his ending because I was like, I miss the ghost. I want to see, like, maybe he could turn into a human or whatever. And uh, Calypso, which stretches him, like, over, like, an s- entire city, I guess. Like, he's like, you want to be seen? And makes him, like, like people get annoyed of seeing. He, like, blocks out the sun. He, like, stretches him like a balloon. 
All right, there's Monkey's Paw, and that's just being fucking goofy. It was yeah, stupid. And he's so goofy. <laughs> and his full name is Ken Masters. Isn't that also Ken from Street Fighter? Yeah, like, I don't know if that was before he uh, did Street Fighter 2010, the final fight, but... Maybe the wiki was uh, tricking me. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be an actor or something, but uh, I just don't care. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, apparently, you can unlock Sweet Tooth, because why wouldn't you be able to? And Minion. I know Minion's a mini-boss mm -hmm. playable, but uh, yeah, he wasn't playable at all the first one, so there you go. It's driven by Minion, a little yellow guy in that little, uh, <laughs> the big old, big old standard 2020s cop vehicle. Um, and then you got Darktooth, uh, which is Charlie Kane, which, is that the yellow jacket guy? That is guy? the yellow jacket guy. But now he's oh. a clown, a creepy clown, Pete. Yeah, he's a clown me, in like a clown Tell me you've heard this one before, a scary clown. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, but he's, he's in like a clown mech, and like then you have to fight the clown mech's head flying yes. around, which... Honestly, it looks it like it could have been cool, but it's moving so quickly that it looks like crap. Yeah, I, we should note each one of these characters. I think we briefly touched on it, each one of these characters has a special move, a special shot that they can do, or a special attack, as well as all of the different pickups that you can grab uh, throughout the course. There, there's fire missiles and landmines and homing missiles and these things. Uh, these are. Uh, added bonuses on top of your regular shot, which is a machine gun that every vehicle is outfitted alpha with. Yeah, and every vehicle, I think the there might be slight disparities in how much, uh, like the rate of fire and rate of heat up on the machine guns as well. An evil force took his life. An unearthly power has brought him back. He is a phantom, a wraith, a cosmic spirit given another chance. Yeah. Who's the kid? I turned my back, and the next second he was there. Like magic, almost. You ever seen one of those before? Nah, this is just added to our collection. There's a kid out there using his car to kill people. Not that it's such a big deal, since it seems to be your gang he's got it in for. Shotgun, Mama Luca. A wraith, man! A ghost! An evil spirit, and it ain't cool! What are you doing? Packard, stop Get it! Get in the car! What are you doing, man? You get out of my face, Burger Boy! You wind up dead like your brother! Track-wise, what are we talking about? I, you know, it. Would you even call them tracks? I guess they're arenas, right? Yeah, first one's pretty basic. You got an arena, which is he. It too, he too damn small for he damn car fight. It's, yeah. it's so tiny. Like I, you couldn't demo derby in that. You couldn't. You couldn't do much of anything. You couldn't Sunday 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 in that. There's nothing. <laughs> There's like two ramps and 
some crates to run into till items fall out that you're already too dead to use. Bigfoot would only be able to fit a toe. It's very small. Yeah. Uh, I think what they, I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? From a game design point of view. I think this was like, hey, this is how you play the game. This is how you get your ass kicked, because you can't turn around and hit it's anything. It's not a good example of that, because every stage after this is so much bigger in comparison, and is laid out so differently from this, that like this stage, while it might be like, hey, feel the controls out a little bit, it doesn't work from a ga you know, game mechanics standpoint. I, I see what the attempt was, but it ultimately failed. You do just go up against another car depending on who you pick you'll have one other uh, opponent and that's it so it's 1v1 in this small arena so you can hopefully learn mm -hmm. how to move your vehicle around and shoot and attack and blow the other guy up yeah it's also random which opponent you get mm -hmm. so you could get the cop be an outlaw and he'll just electrocute you and uh, that, was, that was a fun minute and a half uh yeah then you go to a warehouse which is larger but it's, it's just a warehouse i think it's got some more tiers to it though yeah uh freeway i, I thought the freeway was kind of cool if not the best laid out i just like the idea like it's two it, one or two stretches of highway and some different ways to get in between them uh there's like a tunnel section and then a couple of open air ones it was cute yeah i like that one the city park which i think came back in 2012 because uh, oh that's uh right the big thing about the setting is it's like christmas eve mm -hmm for some reason. So there's Christmas trees everywhere and it's at night. There's a little uh, hockey rink that, like, if you drive across it, you slide it's instead. And it's, a, it's, a, it's like Die Hard. It's a Christmas game. Yeah. Uh, you got mm. Canal, which is a C-shaped arena that I barely remember. Yeah. And then you're there's one on the rooftops where there's several rooftops with some that have ramps between them, some that don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Actually, I was actually careful enough not to fall off, so I don't know if... You die if you do. Some of them have barriers, some of them do not. And I wasn't going to test that after all the other BS getting there in the first place. I believe you can fall off. I spent, I, I, I did, I spent some time with Twist Metal 1, but I found, as we've already expressed, uh, bad layouts, uh, dead ends, and the difficulty was, it was just very imbalanced. So I, uh, yeah. I, quick, I, I did what I had to do, which for me was an hour and a half with Twisted Metal, and then jumped right into Twisted Metal 2. Yeah, like I said, I cheated. Oh well, that helps too. Yeah, I just, I just put in the invincibility code. I didn't even like do the art, the uh, ammo codes or anything. I'm just like, I just need to not die. Sure, sure. I don't care about picking up weapons. We're good. We're fine. Just need to not die, yeah. and it, it worked. I didn't die. <laughs> I mean, I also forgot to change the difficulty at first too, so I was getting my shit pushed in even harder. And then I was like, oh, there's an easy mode. Okay. Yeah, I was getting my ass kicked. Change the difficulty. That does help <laughs> definitely, but even it, yes. on easy because of. The, the layout and relearning those controls, it still was a, a bit of a hump. Yeah, run and gun is closer to more modern controls where uh, accelerator is on the right trigger instead of up. I think that was like a translation uh, issue. Uh, like, we'll get to controls in a minute yeah. uh, and I'll discuss where I think the inspiration came from. Uh, let's finish up the stage of Twisted Metal 2, yeah. though. It's a world tour, so you're going to different cities. Start in LA. It's it's a city. You're on the ground. Okay. All of these yeah, all of these are infinitely better than anything you're gonna find yeah. in Twist Metal One. They're laid out better. There's nice loops. They're larger. They're open. There's room, yeah. to, room to breathe. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think LA is more like a big ring. Oh, and you can actually you can shoot the Hollywood sign and it'll blow up. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, I like that kind. Of, yeah, it's cool. Destructible Odelie environments. That was another new thing for this yep. era. Yeah, but it only mostly way off in the distance. Although you can blow up the trees on the courses in this mm -hmm. one, whereas they were invisible in the first, and that was very annoying. Yeah. And then uh, second 
Kremlin's Moscow. It's this weird tiny arena. You can see the uh, the famous cathedral that's on Tetris, mm -hmm. but uh, you can't do anything to it. No. Uh, and it's got like two tiers. There's a beam in the middle that it was very weird. Yeah, it doesn't seem to do anything until you realize. I, I think it was supposed to be maybe be like a at a part of an abandoned missile silo or something because it's kind of half sunken into the ground. Oh, you know what? You're right. But it didn't make that much sense. Then you go to Paris, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, the destructible on that one is you can. There's a teleporter that takes you up to the middle of the Eiffel Tower. If you drop a remote bomb there, you can blow up the tower. It'll fall over after like a minute. And then there'll be little bridges between all the uh, rooftops. Because you can see items up there mm -hmm. when you start. And they, I couldn't figure out how to get there. Yeah. The, the, the It'll make a little bridge from that base part of the tower. And then you can tr kind of drive between those. And it adds like a whole new... Uh, area to stage cool. that's really cool. cool which was cute and i like that uh, like frere jaca version of the tunes mm -hmm. <laughs> although we'll get to the audio yeah. uh amazonia why is there lava it's <laughs> like the jungle but it's, lava it's somewhere but it doesn't make it, sense it, it's just bridges and lava and yeah the, you know there's like some some step pyramids and hidden chambers and yeah. sweet tooth's face on the side of like a mosaic for some reason it doesn't make any goddamn sense mm -hmm. um <laughs> and, uh, oh, and w when you finish the main event there, then Minion comes back. He's like, blah, 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 blah. I don't even remember what his deal was. I don't care. <laughs> then New York, so... Uh, yeah, New York. Uh, it's New York. As I expressed... That's a rooftop one, right? That's a rooftop one. Yeah. And as I expressed earlier, played this a lot with my dad. I was uh, forbidden to take advantage of the destructible environment in the stage while playing with him. Because, and I, I think I might have discovered this in front of him. I don't remember reading about it or, or hearing it, uh, about it uh, in the schoolyard. Just remember, this was pre-9-11. So much like, you know, Pilot Wing 64, the idea of launching a rocket into a national monument in a virtual world was, like, cheeky and fun. Um, but this one include boobs. So if you shot a rocket, or I guess that would be the only thing that could reach it, right? A rocket toward yeah. the um, Statue of Liberty. Uh, it explodes, and then the Statue of Liberty turns into a bikini babe holding up yeah. the uh, the torch instead, which is everything you need to know about the thematic tropes of these two games. It's like that kind of encompasses all of it. Check out all the babes. That's the dumbest Right, thing. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, of all the things, like the... Like... Credit you do, though, she's thick. <laughs> I, like, I thought that was kind of cool that it wasn't I just, go, like, your standard I, skinny lady. Pete's, yeah, I'm not Pete's lying. I'm going to go back right and do now. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to go back and do that. I just, I, I, wait, like I, I just heard the PlayStation boot up noise in the background. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and if you're if you're not familiar with uh, Pilot Wing 64, uh, Mount Rushmore is in that one, and if you shoot it with a rocket, you can turn one of the president's faces into Wario's face. That's cool. I would have voted for him. <laughs> sure. You got Antarctica. It's like ice, it's ice flows. Some of them have bridges. Yep. Some of them don't. Uh, you remember ice on the on the the poles? Yeah, they had that back then. Um, Holland mm -hmm. is yeah. It, it's a wheat field with uh, like a couple of uh, windmills in it, some windmills in the distance. Uh -huh. And well, but the soundtrack makes no sense, which we'll <laughs> get to. Like no sense. Yeah. And it's actually one of the more constrained arenas. But you can the like for you can teleport up into the top level of the. Actually, I, I when I played it, I spawned right in the top of the uh, the windmill at first, and like the blades are still going, so they can knock you kind of like a mini golf ball, uh, which is kind of funny. And then after that is Hong Kong, which is the final uh, main stage, yeah. which you uh, like with Amazonia, you do a couple times because you do the main event. There's like a weird kind of contained shrine area in the middle, and then you know there's some docks which you can't fall off of because it's shallow water and it's netted off which is kind of nice mm. uh 
because you've already had enough ways to die. Because in, in Antarctica, you can fall into the sea as well, much like between the buildings in New York. Um, yeah, and that's where you fight uh, Sweet Tooth and Dark Tooth. With a lot of teeth. Yeah. And then uh, well, there's some extra multiplayer levels that require codes to access. There's Suburbia, uh, Rooftops, and uh, Jet Moto-based one. I, I forget what specific Jet Moto level it is, but it's at the Dread Swamp or something like that. It's some sort of swamp. I remember seeing it when I was looking for the invincibility codes. I like I've expressed I remember enjoying this game a lot, but definitely going from the first one to the second one really made me appreciate all of these stages a lot more and really like take note how far they came within a year for this the the development of this series and the genre like how to actually make the vehicular combat genre work and i feel like the, there's really not a terrible stage in any of these they are they operate differently because there's different hazards um that you're trying to navigate but they all work well. It's not like the first one where you're just like, man, I just want to get out of here and see the next thing, and hopefully it's better than this. Each one, at least for me, presented a fun new challenge. How are we feel about race feel of all of this? I mean, we've all been touching on it here. And yeah, there, so. it's a weird category because with with Twisty Rockets, we cover vehicle games, and a lot of times, it's like, well, we haven't done many of these, but it's like kart racers and things. So, like, race feel is, is a uh, it, it, it's kind of an amalgam of control plus speed plus like how does it feel to drive around in this game? I had a, I had a rough time with the first one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, everybody did. It's that old-school analog control. I felt like either, I was either, like, flying across the level or, like, kind of just had to tiptoe around stuff. I, I'm slipping all over everything. Uh, and if, like, I took a ramp, like, I was just tossed like crazy. The, the controls were rough. Um, but Twisted Metal 2, World Tour Part 2, yes. I had a great time at that. EX Plus, it was Deluxe. awesome. Yeah, Deluxe. Uh, that was great. The car turning was so much easier. I felt like it was a real running gun type of situation. Mm -hmm. It felt a lot more responsive, and the levels were larger, so I had like room to get away from people and like come back. And like there, there's areas for me to like hide in. I really felt I was actually making more progress and getting better at it instead of just kind of getting dogpiled on by mm -hmm. everybody and getting dying in two minutes. Yeah, maybe I didn't play enough of the first one, but I don't think health icons are in the first one. They are no. not. Right, so like I really appreciated a health icon in there, yeah. and I just had a better time with it. I would go back to play it. I again. think that I think there were ramps with like a little bit of electricity on top that you could go over that might heal you, but I never hit them well enough because I couldn't freaking. There steer. is in the first one. Um, yeah. In the second yeah. stage, there's like uh, it's like a little square. It, it's very we'll talk I, when we talk about graphical presentation. I guess we'll dissect this a little bit more. But in the first one, it's hard to really discern what you're picking up in the beginning, what power-ups yeah, are. Yeah, it's all pink blobs. It's yeah, all pink blobs. But um, there are there are squares that you can 
drive over to heal, but it's not like the iconic white square with the red cross on it health pickup that you would see in later games that it's like very clearly and those little like power-up stations i guess we'll call them in the first one aren't in every level whereas the health pickups are included in the sequel and everything yeah control wise like i think part of it is the fact that both these games came out before the uh, analog sticks were a thing um playstation controllers and like i feel like there's a very good chance that the control scheme was based on more PC racers at the mm. time, where up arrows accelerate, yeah. down arrows break instead of because it on it's up on the D pad to go on the defaults, and down on the um, D pad to break. Like they didn't even go with like a kart racing thing where usually it's one of the face buttons on the mm-hmm. right. Again, that's why I feel like it was probably a PC thing, and it, it just doesn't jive well on a controller, especially if, if for people who've been playing stuff later and going back to it, like. It just doesn't make any sense. Thankfully, they, again, they do have the run and gun controls in the first one that have the, at least the. I think it's R1 and R2, it, R brake and accelerator, respectively. So it's still a little weird, but it's not as bad. And then by two, they put brake on the the uh, L2. Well, so a little more standard. Like, it, yeah, I guess the uh, standards have kind of spread even in just that one year. Yeah. Um, which was nice. And there's like there, there's even UI elements you can turn on and off, especially in the first one. Like we talked about the first person view, but you can get a rear view mirror, but it's completely optional. Mm-hmm. But and at, at first I was a little confused because you got to like press down or left or something on the D pad and select at the same time. I realized like it might have just been a, a, a screen size consideration for smaller TVs back in the day. Like right, uh, it, it, CRTs, like you were lucky to get like. 19 inches or above a lot of the time um so you know like it's it takes up a whole ass corner of the screen if if you're running on anything below 20 inches you're not gonna see much going on it's like the 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 already hard to discern graphics are gonna be just as bad so or if not worse that's a great point yeah but you uh, you can also turn off the radar element as well because that's a big box down in the corner. But that's at least translucent yeah. in the first and one. I, I feel like you need it because yeah. it's it's mucky to look at otherwise to find yeah. out where you're going. Hey, look, we're all saying the same thing. It's 1995. All right, OJ Simpson's on trial for murder. There's a war in Bosnia, and the PlayStation controller lacks analog sticks. It's a dark time for everybody, and polygonal games are crawling out of their primordial goo to become whatever they're about to go. So it, we're, we're learning, we're building the airplane while we're flying, basically, with the first one. And um, we're getting a little better Which with each sequel and each game that's aping off what the last one did. So, yeah, it the control schemes are weird, and I'm very familiar with Mario Kart. I've been playing Mario Kart for a very long time, and your brain's kind of trained into treating a kart racer the same way you've been playing kart racers, even though you've only been playing one. And for whatever reason, when I picked up that controller and I had that, you know, even though it's a different controller for a different system, I was still hitting the shoulder buttons like I was going to do to drift or hit this, uh, you know, X that to be my guess and it's just it's not going to happen so if you are going to revisit these games it's going to take some time to uh learn these dated controls i I will say though i did try run and gun and i forget what the middle one was i ended up going back to default because i realized that you could use a square 
for gas. And I kind of preferred oh. using square for gas so I could keep my weapons on the shoulder buttons. The way that they ask you to remember where your fingers are, again, it just takes some training and getting used to. I did it back in the day because yeah. you, kn- you didn't know any better. But now being, you know, how many years are we removed now? Plenty. <laughs> Let's just say uh, I've played so many other games now that it, it is a bit of a slog to control these vehicles. Yeah. Also, a little pro tip in two, uh, the control settings are just listed by name. They also added a couple more schemes. I did not realize at first you can press X on that uh, screen to bring up the diagram of where the buttons are when you're like scrolling through. Because in the first one, the, the, the diagram is underneath and it changes every time you change um, setup name. But it looks like just the names in the menu, but if you hit X, it will show you what the buttons do in case you forget. Because I believe at one point, I like I, I first tried to start playing uh, 2, then went back to 1, cause I, which was good because I had given up on it and I gave it another mm-hmm. shot. But I also couldn't remember which what the name of the scheme I was using in 1 was, so I went back to just check the controls first. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, the, if you hit pr- press X, you will get the diagram to show you that... Has the little names of what what each thing does on it. That's a handy. T- Another uh, tip, if you are going to play these old games, um, the weapons you pick up will not be automatically loaded into your queue. Which in the first one, in the first one, the, the second one, one yes, it rolls, in the first yeah. one, which is really frustrating. And yeah, it, it's like oh, oh I picked yeah. up a bunch of shit. Where is it? Oh, I have to scroll through it to get yeah. that that's the theme with everything even with uh just graphical presentation i know we touched on it a little bit earlier but you're dealing with crunchy polygons and crunchy textures the sequel it's slightly more legible crunchy polygons and textures but where it really improved is making everything more readable you're picking up power-ups it's clear to see as you're picking up what it is it's not a pink blob anymore like it was in twisted metal you you see the type of rocket you're picking up nice clear icon the health box yeah they put and they are not only are they color-coded there's a little letter next to each of right. them <clears throat> and now and yeah p for power and then they're being m for f for loaded fire. into your queue so you're ready to roll um Graphically, it's actually kind of remarkable how much it improved within just a year between the two games. This is the first time I actually kind of dove deep into this series, and uh, I've owned Twisted Metal one for like a really long time. It's so funny. I have I have games that I haven't even played, and they're just sitting there. Uh, but I I can see why it had uh, so many ripoffs because it's a really fun idea, and it's a like a great concept to kind of make Mortal Kombat into trucks and cars. I didn't play Vigilante 8, but it seems like it's almost identical. Oh, without a doubt. And in a lot of ways, um, better. Oh, really? Yeah, Vigilante 8 was more open. Yeah, there there was more improvements to the formula. But the the reason why the genre kind of faded away was because everybody could do this. There wasn't like... There was no secret sauce. It was Cars Arena shooting at each other <laughs> so it's, you know depending on who wanted to cash in at the time it was it was um different levels of quality depending on which developer you were dealing with but yeah v- vigilante 8 was a great game it's funny i have it on the n64 and i've never played it <laughs> i don't really think a lot of the ps1 stuff is is age well i agree but- i i think this particular era is is kind of the hardest to go back to as a as a retro gamer yeah but i mean i did have a fun time with with the sequel and I thought it looked better, and I could see where it was going. 
Yeah, I like this aesthetic, but mostly for horror games, because it does the same thing that, like, VHS did for horror movies, where things, the crunchiness makes it spookier, because mm-hmm. it's harder to see stuff and whatnot. But, like, just in general, not as much. There's, like, nostalgia there, but it's not, like, I, I, the, the, the resurgence, the revisitation right now is cool, but it's not for, like, the timeless reasons that pixel art is. It's, like, more like... Oh, that was neat. Let's see if we can do some weird stuff sure. with it. Uh, this was like basically like what if test drive or stunt driver with textures? Okay, the the, the you know, stunt race FX, but meaner and a little darker, a little to dirtier. To be fair, this like, just popped into my head too. None of us are playing it on a CRT, so yeah. there might be a little bit of. Uh, did you play it on a CRT, Pete? I played the first one on a CRT what, for this show. Yeah, I guess the graphics still suck. <laughs> Yeah, they weren't that great. I was just going to give it like, like and maybe with scan lines, it's not as bad as we're, we're saying it is. All right, so they, they still st- suck, and they're in a, uh, you, you can't read them on the screen uh, either. Uh, yeah, there's some thing. I just, I don't know. I don't think it aged well. And this, the second one I played uh, on a Magic antenna. Yeah. As you a, do. Like a, <laughs> yeah, as you do on a modern yeah. TV, and it was like, I don't know, what's the term where it's not, it's not in HD now, but it's like... Uh, upscaled? Upscaled, yeah. thank you. So, uh, but then, and that guy, and the, the our favorite guy, Axel, like looked ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nico Bun also talked about how Axel is a JPEG on the stream. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I love, I love Axel. He looks like a trading card. It's like the stupidest. My favorite flat boy. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> Twisted Metal uh, 1 and 2 is the soundtrack that will leave you asking, where the fuck is Rob Zombie? He's in the third one, I think. Third or fourth. Or maybe Black. But he is a character in one of them. I, uh, I'm serious. Before we jump back in to these games, I was just thinking about, like, what is this game going to sound like? Because you, you see the cover and you see the font, right? It looks like a metal band, the way it says Twisted Metal. It's a very edgy uh, font and then you have this scary clown on the cover is this gonna be like icp what kind of music are we digging into because honestly when i was playing it back in the day i played the game on mute and i had like beck's uh Odelay or uh, cake's fashion nugget on loop so like i wasn't listening to the soundtrack i go back to this thing it's fucking dad butt rock and like it's like tame yeah. tame <laughs> rock and hey I like my butt rock too, but it wasn't what I was expecting from what? a game called Twisted Metal. Like the the first one, it, it had like a little bit of Deep Purple vibes about it, a little bit of Van Halen, a little bit of Ted Nugent and Jethro Tull, uh, because there's one track in the original that's very like organ heavy. I was like, I'm expecting like at least Metallica level hard. I, I didn't think that much about it, although I would like to confirm that Rob Zombie was in Twisted Metal four. Driving the Mr. Zombie, which is... It's the Dragula. It's the Dragula. Yeah. And may and he may have been voiced by John St. John, Duke Nukem himself. I I didn't, don't have much to say about the music, but I did listen to, to Beck and Jane's Addiction 
while having video games on mute in the 90s. So All right, so there we go. We got a connection there. Yeah, <laughs> timing-wise, it sort of makes sense, and it kind of reminds me of, like, Cake would have been around at the same time, and, uh, yeah, it just makes me think of how they completely misused uh, the distance in the last episode of that show. When I, I 100% about. agree with you. In fact, that's what I reference with their, their like, action music montage music video thing if you will with going the distance yeah and then the song stops great song completely wrong it, it, vibe. Yes. and yeah it, it cuts, cuts off. off at what show the show we're not talking about <laughs> anyway so i'm like all right this is twisted metal one they were just trying to get it out they weren't even sure if it was going to be successful surely twisted metal 2's soundtrack will be a little bit harder right eh. la it's kind of like a van halen like Moscow was pretty close to being like a Metallica-like, in my opinion, these tracks. A little bit, uh, yeah. Paris was fucking Mannheim Steamroller, <laughs> like, with Ferrajaka. It was silly. I, I, I think I might have mentioned Jean-Michel Jarre while I was playing, or Jean-Michel Jarre, I forget how to pronounce it. Did one of the best versions of Popcorn. Uh, a- Amazonia, I wrote down Wish.com's version of The Wicked Wild. I don't even remember the music from that stage. Oh, yeah, I do. Do you remember Wicked Wild? From the Sonic? Yeah. Yeah, isn't it like Dino? Yes. Oh no. Yes. You're Go right. back and listen to it. It's like a it's a lesser version of Oh that. no. Um you know, New York and Antarctica were this just sort of orchestral soundtrack. Uh Holland is Allman Brothers <laughs> for some fucking reason. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, or like a little bit of Skinner, and I'm like, what no, like I've talked to Dutch people, and no. <laughs> um, and then Hong Kong is exactly what you'd expect from a bunch of 1996 whiteface developers. It's your stereotypical yeah. affair. It's lousy. It's not very good. Yeah. D- Darktooth's theme is a little harder than Moscow's theme, but not much. Uh, I was surprised, although I guess, like, what well, Power Man 5000 wasn't out yet, right? I just... You know, Slamscape had a music tie-in. You figure this game would, but maybe it's just because the development was so fast. You know, hey, this is a success. Make me another one in a little, a little over a year. We don't have time to license out music or whatever. So yeah, the sound effects on top of that, at least they were legible, and you could mostly tell apart which weapons. Uh, Everybody yells something for their specials, and sometimes. It's pretty dumb. Like I think Sweet Tooth actually yells machete whenever he uses machete, and the and Axel's just going Axel Power every yeah. time. Oh, now it makes sense because that was on the show. <laughs> what show? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like it's it's dumb, but at the same time, I understand it from a gameplay standpoint. That's going to tell you who is attacking yep. you with what if you hear it coming at you. So you could have put a little more thought into it, but. You also have a wide enough cast that I feel like simplifying it might have been the right, if the dumber call.
let, let's let's wrap it up. What, what do we think about it, final thoughts wise? Like, what are our conclusions? Uh, like for me, uh, the first one absolutely did not do it for me. Like, like I said, I, I quit and I wouldn't have gone back to finish it if I hadn't um, needed to check the control schemes. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad. Uh, whatever we said the developer was, which I think became Naughty Dog or was related to Naughty Dog in some capacity, I uh, got a chance to stick the landing with too. Yeah. Uh, because it would uh, go on to inspire better developers to do better and more interesting stuff, and even like at least they tried to do better and more stuff with the series itself. Mm-hmm. So that was that was kind of cool. Uh, I like how the lore eventually picked up as well, although I wouldn't have uh, even looked into it all that much if I hadn't you know watched that. Never mind. You know, if, if five hours of my life hadn't disappeared mysteriously, yeah. and uh, like, because I, I I love stupid story like that uh, in games where it doesn't belong. Like, I will play and pay attention to the fighting game story modes like for a while. I think at least up through the Alpha series, I was following all the uh, interpersonal stories of Street Fighter and stuff sure. like that. The Soul Caliber, Soul Caliber, I, I could I don't know. I don't know if I could do like Jeopardy on the history of it, <laughs> but I could do okay at like a pub trivia grade questioning. Right. I'm really new to these games. I like the idea of them. They haven't aged well. We've said that. I, I kind of feel bad that I keep bringing that up. But I, I really found like the style a bit edgelordy, mm-hmm. especially in the first one. And I really i am tired of that clown trope where it's like a creepy clown. It's supposed to be funny, but it's actually scary. Isn't that so sick? I don't know. Now, researching it for the show with the lore, it gets so confusing. It's like Mortal Kombat's lore where it's like, this guy is a brother of so-and-so who killed this person and killed that person, and he's his dad, but he doesn't know it. It, it was too much for me. I did like, though, that the cars come back, but not necessarily the driver. Right. It was almost like the cars are the real star of the thing, and it, it almost made me think, like, I kind of wish these were toys. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you could swap the drivers in and out of different cars, and, like, they shot little plastic missiles at each other. That would have been cool. I also made me think of Demolition Derby on the PS1, where everybody can just pile dog piles on you, especially in the first one. It's not really fair. Controls in the first one is just a major turnoff. I didn't really play it that long. Uh, but, all right, I really have to talk about one character, one element of the two games that we played, and it's Calypso. Yeah. Okay? Like, what the hell is his deal? <laughs> he was a human at some point, and then he, like, becomes, like, a demon type of thing, but he has a blimp? Yeah. He, he has, has a blimp. blimp. <laughs> so, he's a I guy mean, who runs a... There's a storied history of evil people no. with blimps. I mean, come on, Christopher Walken in that one Bond movie. <laughs> it's stupid. He's got a blimp. He runs a car fighting tournament. His jam is cars fighting each other. And his method of transportation is like something that just kind of floats in the direction of where he wants to go. How are you going to see all the cars fighting each other? It's best <laughs> view from a blimp. I don't know. He could climb up one of these buildings. So, but he has omnipotent powers. Why the hell does he need a blimp at all? Style. It's a flex. I'm Calypso and I'm twisted. I am Calypso and this is my dirigible. <laughs> I'm like a twisted Make-A-Wish Foundation. <laughs> it's like the stupidest thing. <laughs> Calypso's kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, can I uh, be on the major leagues? It's like, sure. And he gets beat up with baseball bats. <laughs> but two is where it's at. I liked two a lot. It was a lot of fun. I kind of wish I had it back in the day when I owned my PS1 and had like people come over because they would have came over for that and not to save Saturn. <laughs> I also I keep talking about games that are sitting on a shelf that I have not touched 
and I have Twisted Metal Black, and I actually like super psyched to play that because I heard it was really good. Yeah, I, I will give credit by the way to uh, whoever's been updating the wiki. Uh, the main as much as it is on that garbage site fandom, like they they're on top of all that lore and stuff. I, I'm I'm very impressed. It's very clean. It's very most of the articles are pretty complete. Uh, plenty of pictures. Very helpful. It's fucking stupid, but we're glad it's there. <laughs> yeah. No, it really helped me out. Uh, look, in my opinion, Jaffe's mission to create a fighting game with cars really worked for me as a kid. Um, it also hit, returning to it, that third-person shooter note, um, which at the time was a genre that was also in its infancy. So that's neat, you know. Um, there really wasn't anything like it until the market was flooded with it. And then it kind of went away. Um, while there is plenty of cringe, we all agree, I think that these two games, particularly the sequel, are important entries for this console, this generation, at the time that it came out. So early PlayStation, the beginning of the 3264 polygonal era. I would put Twisted Metal 2 right up there with other games that came out around it that were very important for the PlayStation. Games like Tomb Raider, Resident Evil, Final Fantasy VII. Those games defined this brand new console. And this game was a big deal at the time. And I understand why it's not today. Just like Mortal Kombat doesn't hit like it used to. Just like Duke Nukem doesn't hit like it used to. They were products of their time, and all, all the cringe is evident of that. All the weird lore and the full motion videos or the weird motion comic. Uh, in Twisted Metal 2, mm-hmm. we, we should point out, uh, Nico Bun made a great yeah, point. Was, I actually thought that yeah. was cool because I think that's one of the first examples of that style being used for in game stories. Yeah, he said that on his stream, not on the show, by the way. So, but I was listening uh, to him, and he brought up that point. I'm like, damn, I think. I think Nico Bud's right. This is probably one of the earliest examples of a motion comic. It's probably just because we have to rush this thing out the door and it's easy just to hire an illustrator to do this, but eh, it's pretty neat. And I keep referencing Image Comics. It really has that Image Comics vibe. Oh, yeah. all day long. Um, but yeah, I think um, uh, Twist Metal 2 is historically uh, relevant and important when discussing this console generation. Um... I will say, though, you have to mention the first one to get to the second one, much like Mother to Earthbound. You don't get Earthbound without Mother, even though if you were to start with one, I would recommend Earthbound over Mother, just like I would recommend Twisted Metal 2 over Twisted Metal 1. All right, let's rank this bad boy. Well, these bad boys. There's two boys. Uh, one ten golden balloons. What are, you, what are you giving them? I give Twisted Metal 1 a 6 out of 10. Got some cool ideas. I think the execution of them just needs to be a little bit polished, which they end up doing for Twisted Metal 2, which I had a lot more fun with. You know, I do think it was weird that they left Sweet Tooth out of that and made him an unlockable because he's like the mascot mm-hmm. of the series. And uh, I thought around traveling around the world was like a cool idea and have like different arenas and different tunes for those areas. Uh, so I'd give that one an 8 out of 10. I'll give it two tires that I'm trapped between because of my dad, who I hate. Uh, no, uh, for first time, <laughs> Twisted Metal 1 was such a fresh idea that I understand why all the uh, reviewers at the time were like tripping over themselves to give it near-perfect scores. Um, today, it's really hard to go back to. So I think a 6 out of 10 is fair, considering its historical importance. But gameplay-wise, 
I really think it's closer to a five for me. Uh, and Twisted Metal 2, yeah, easily an 8 out of 10. I think an 8 out of 10 was an appropriate score back in the day. I think an 8 out of 10 with, um, you know, clear vision to the hardware limitations uh, of when the game came out is a fair score today. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good starting point for any newcomers that are interested in the early days of this genre. All right. And I give the first one a 5 out of 10. Uh, second one, 7.5 out of 10. I'm not sure why I knocked it that half point, but yeah, like, even with the history and stuff, it was fine. I don't know. Did it, maybe I just went in so annoyed by the first one. Because I, I watched the show that we didn't watch after this, so, like, I wasn't tainted by that yet. And that show, get, get, I'm given that, and I could have watched The Ginger Weed Man at least a half a dozen times <laughs> in that time period instead, out of ten. It's literally some 45-minute trash movie. Well, that does it for this episode. I'd like to thank my co-hosts for joining me, as well as the members of One Rad Club, without whom these shows just wouldn't happen. If you'd like to show your support for these shows, check out OneRadClub.com. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to all the great shows on the One Rad Podcast Network. And for a little bit more than a dollar a month, you can unlock all sorts of other exclusive content and physical rewards. Again, be sure to check out OneRadClub.com. Thank you so much for your support. We'll be right back real soon. Let's go!